Howdy, yokes. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by you. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be. More episodes, merchandise, events, giveaways, you name it. But we can't do it alone. If you enjoy this episode or any of our episodes, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and consider checking out some of the great reward tiers we've got set up over there or making a donation of any kind we want to keep this podcast free and available for everyone so if you have a couple of bucks to spare anything goes a long way and we could really use your help to make this podcast the best it can possibly be so thank you for donating and thank you even more for listening welcome back to bacon and eggs i'm tyler carlin and i'm ethan edgehill oh and i'm john yeah. And that's John, and we're coming to you again from a long, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. So strap on your metal bikini. And raise the roof so high you're touching C-3PO. Because we've got a special guest today. For Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the John Negroni. Ooh, John that's a good one. I, you like that? Coming to us once again from the internet in California. Mm-hmm. Well, I prefer to be called the Dead Eye, but you know, that's eye. just the party. Zing! <laughs> but this is, uh, John is coming to us again. He's the John's host back. of the Cinemaholics podcast. He, uh, he wrote two books he told us he'd give them to us last time and then he did yeah um, you, well that's what follow-ups are for yeah well to be fair we do chat pretty regularly <laughs> <laughs> okay so i will tell you i will tell you i just finished the second book and my new series last week and the new cover design of killer joy is almost ready um the reason i haven't sent it is because they sent me the print to approve it and it was pixelated and so i haven't no. i have like 10 copies i'm supposed to give away in the next couple of weeks and it's taking forever so i apologize it's okay <laughs> it's okay we're not i'm not that but i'm pretty bad you sound hurt so this is the second this is the sequel to killer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's called vanguard it comes out in september of this year is it available That's for pre-order so no no, no. Well, I'm not worried about selling out. <laughs> <laughs> well, after you've been on this show, you never know. No, oh, that's true. Yeah. This is quite the press tour you've got going here. <laughs> My junket is insane. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, Return of the Jedi was released May 25th, 1983. That was 12,740 days ago uh, on a shoestring $32 million budget. Uh, but it made its money back with $475.1 million worldwide box office. Uh, it is the worst received on Rotten Tomatoes by critics. Ethan, do you want to go over those numbers? Since Wait, before we through? talk about critical stuff, I want to say two things. Yeah. A, the movie did not make a profit. Um, it made a lot of money off of merchandising, but they intentionally did not make a profit on this movie so that they wouldn't have to pay certain people and yeah and b another interesting timeline with this is it came out exactly six years after the original star wars same exact day may 25th that's crazy Mm -hmm. weird that's That's exciting (coughs) yeah well what are you gonna do you know may 4th was probably a tuesday thought of may the 4th at that point (laughs) that's crazy i didn't know that that's a that's a neat little tidbit of information they didn't say that on the direct uh, commentary when i was watching it Uh, anyway this this movie got the worst out of the original trilogy as far as scores on Rotten Tomatoes go with an 80 critic and a 94 audience as well as a 58 on Metacritic which is considerably lower than the rest. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not ideal. Star Wars. That sucks. That's like the worst Star Wars. That's, I don't think so. I think I think Phantom is worse. Phantom Menace is literal. Garbage. And you can't really say the prequels because, uh, the, well, at least the first one got re-released, so people kind of turned on it. What, are you talking about episode one? Yeah, yeah, the Phantom Menace because I think, did we ever talk about this off the air at some point, but I'm pretty sure when Phantom Menace initially came out, the reviews were very positive. It wasn't until it was re-released in theaters years later that the backlash had finally 
finally like crystallized because movie blogging basically was born out of the prequels being like outed as like not actually good films. Well, there's that that great video from when The Phantom Menace came out and it's like all the celebrities and people that went to see the movie and everybody's just like, oh my God, it was the greatest Mm -hmm. thing ever. And then at the end, there's that one guy who was like, are you kidding? That was awful. Yeah, I think the Plinkett reviews that came out later kind of illuminated that for like way more people right so the fact that it was just a garbage pile sure especially people who were kids like me when phantom menace came out and we didn't know any better we just oh, liked yeah. it when we didn't I was, know any better when i was a child and phantom menace came out it was the coolest movie that had ever been released mm-hmm. that's a lightsaber with two ends right i was like <laughs> i want to be darth maul so don't get me wrong it's like i'm not coming to this from a place of like i hate the prequels i've always hated the prequels it's like i love i love the Phantom. Love yeah it. you weren't like a you know 14 or whatever how old you were coming out of that theater i guess wow you would not have been 14 you would have been like eight no, years I old was, or something I was six. Yeah. yeah. You weren't like a six-year-old, like, wearing a trilby hat, you know, like, smoking a pipe. <laughs> like, well, you know, the cinematography, he left something to be desired. <laughs> I was like, that's a lightsaber with two ends. Ethan was still saying things like, I had fun with it at that point. <laughs> now listen to my band on cassette player. I do remember when I was, about the time of Phantom Menace, I wrote a song set called Peach. I was, <laughs> was sick. It good? I was six. What was your so instrument? The, I think we had, like, a cardboard box with some real drumsticks. That was a big I bet. I bet you it was better than... The entire dance song number in Jabba the Hutt's Palace. Oh my god, like the, the re-release <laughs> dance number? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Wait, was there originally a different yeah, number? Kind yeah, of. it's a totally different song. Yeah, and it's like, huh. <laughs> you can tell, right? Because it's, so, the, and they added the CGI aliens and all that. Oh, yeah, it was, I mean, I know it was bad, but oh lord. The CGI aliens, they don't look bad if it was like a CGI alien, like, mm-hmm. like entirely about CGI aliens. But then they, they intercut it mean. with Boba Fett looking stern, you know, and right. you're like, this is a <laughs> different movie in the background right there's all too much jabba in this if i'm being completely honest are we are we jumping to this already because i'm ready to you know do we, we didn't even talk I, about the good positive negative review oh you're right oh yeah let's do that i'll, I'll move that around in post it's my favorite part positive john you never wrote a review so we can't read yours although yeah. maybe we'll see that in the next few days <laughs> no, i don't know about that although i did consider i was doing debate week um and i was considering what is the best summer movie I ended up going with uh, Jurassic Park, but uh, yeah, Star Wars was one of the contenders, obviously. You, you're like a Jurassic... I mean, there's no disrespect to Jurassic Park. I don't want to mm-hmm. come off like that kind of person, but you're like a Jurassic Park apologist. Oh yeah, it's my thing. favorite like, Spielberg film, and I, I honestly think it is one of the best movies. I mean, it's not in my top five. It's my number six of all time. It's close. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I like Jurassic Park better than... I, don't know. I mean, you don't have to like it. It's That's entirely up to you. I mean, you yeah, have to like it's it. Not like you have a, to respect it. Yeah, it, I, the oh, way no, I look I, at I it... I love Jurassic Park. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I don't think it's objectively better than, I guess, like Empire Strikes Back or maybe even A New Hope. But, I mean, I'm just in the tank for Jurassic Park. Like, my wedding that did not happen was Jurassic Park themed. Get like, the front door out of town. Yeah, it was going to be at the Oakland Zoo, and we had save-the-date invitations and everything, and it was uh, Marriage Finds a Way. Spoiler alert, it didn't. But still, like, like, (laughs) it was pretty cool. And it was, uh, yeah, save-the-date was in, like, the Jurassic Park uh, font typography. It was amazing. Yeah, I had, like, a Jurassic Park birthday party. Was that Alexa talking to you in the background? I don't know what that was. Yeah, it wasn't me either. (laughs) Let's read those positive and negative views. 
Okay, Vincent Canby from the New York Times said about this movie, Will Han Solo ever fly again, or is he forever doomed to remain a wall decoration in the Pleasure Palace of Jabba the Hutt? Does Princess Leia do her own hair, or does she pay somebody to make it look that Who, or perhaps what, is Salacious Crumb? When will Luke Skywalker become a true Jedi Knight? Where does Yoda do his shopping? Will Darth Vader sacrifice his only begotten son so that evil might triumph? And speaking of Vader, when he takes off his mask, what is underneath? James L. Jones? David Prowse? A cantaloupe? All but two of these questions, plus dozen more, dozens more you never thought to ask, or answered in Return of the Jedi. That's all I'm gonna say about it. And Vincent was having a day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He was mad. Yep. When do you do you have a date on that? Uh, May 25th, 1983. Oh, so you've got like a like a release date. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He had his typewriter like in the theater. I don't know if they had press <laughs> right. screenings. Yeah. Mechanical typewriters in there. It's a cantaloupe. All right. Give us your positive review, Tyler. Do people like this movie? Yeah. People people generally like this movie. I think reading these reviews before we did this, I think people were more disappointed with this movie than I realize. Uh, but uh, the positive review I have, I think, is the essence of what we know about Star Wars. It comes from us. It comes to us from Robert Butler at the Kansas City Star. He says, the film has special effects so incredible that it will become the standard by which future efforts are measured, and it leaves the audience cheering and happy. So not only is it super pretty, but it also has a good story, and it's happy. And so he liked it. But that was December 14th, 2015. So I don't know if he just didn't see any movies for, like, 37 years um, with better special effects, but... <laughs> I want to say, but, part of uh, that whole thing with, like, people people not liking Return of the Jedi when it came out. That's kind of like people like my brother. My brother is a bit older than me. And mm-hmm. he was the one who introduced me to all three Star Wars films. And my first memory of watching a Star Wars film was watching Return of the Jedi with him. And he always prefaced it as okay, this is the one that's not that great. Because oh. apparently he was too old for it. But like, if you were young enough, I think people really loved this when it came out and they went to the theater and they lost their minds. I don't know, man. I, I watch movies mostly with a childlike wonder and I think it's probably, like, I didn't realize it until I was watching it. It's probably been a good 10 years since I sat down totally sober and watched this. <laughs> you had to add that quantifier, huh? <laughs> right. We had a moment back in college. We had a moment. Mm. I mean, it wasn't like drugs or anything, but it totally sober, watched this movie. You were on and, some blue milk, I, huh? Yeah. Some, no plug. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and when it got to the Ewok thing, I was immediately like, this is so stupid. The rest of, like, literally, if they had gone with Lucas's original idea of having it be a Wookiee planet instead of an Ewok planet, the movie oh, Hey, don't discount it. It was Lucas who eventually was like, we're going to do the Ewoks. That was his call. No, I know. His, it was his call because he was like, Chewie knows how to fly a spaceship, and if Wookiees know how to fly spaceships, then they're not. That's the optimistic. <laughs> the pessimistic is that he wanted to make new toys, and they would be more kid-friendly. Right. Well, whatever. Lucas in the commentary, like, yeah, because... He's full of crap. Uh, (laughs) There's there's footage of him, like... Yeah, yeah. Lucas has always been full of crap. <laughs> well, I think I think A New Hope is the only one that to me feels like it's out of continuity. I feel like the other eight movies really make sense together, but A New Hope says some things where you're like, I mean, would Obi Wan have really said that to Luke? Well, they're all part of like Obi Wan in the first one says, uh, "Strike me down, and I will return stronger than you ever imagined." Because they were originally going to resurrect him in the third movie, uh, he was supposed to come back to life. Um, but then by the time they got to Return of the Jedi, uh, I forget whose call it was but i'm pretty sure kazdin convinced lucas not to do that I and mean, it caused a lot good. of problems on set because alec guinness was like i'm just gonna come on for one scene like what the heck i'm surprised by that i thought he was like an anti-star wars kind of person well i think they were like thinking it was gonna be way too much like gandalf or something Gandalf hadn't happened i mean no, it had, well the books like, Tolkien, Tolkien <laughs> i mean the lord of the yeah. rings the book was like a huge inspiration on the trilogy that he had in mind his inspirations were definitely like kurosawa flash gordon and tolkien i don't remember Ewok. Mm, yeah they like 
like little evil orcs with fur. Right. Because when it's you watch Return cute, of the though. Jedi, like I know people who watch that movie for the first time since they were kids, and they're like, "Whoa, those Ewoks were like murderous, cannibalistic little freaks." Cause they yeah, were. They're not as cute and cuddly as you remember. They're cute. They're cuddly, but they're also evil and brutal <laughs> and re- ready to eat Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, they're cute and cuddly as much as like Chucky. Oh, uh, but they, I like how they turn on a dime. It adds well, to the I mean, atmosphere. I mean, Luke is... I get the whole point is, like, there was this reveal that Luke decided to stay on the good side. And that was, like, all, oh, man, he's wearing black and what's going to happen? But he is literally force choking people in that first scene. Yeah, but that's part of what makes the writing so good is because he uses a combination of everything he's observed and learned. And it foreshadows uh, the possibility of him turning the dark side because he uses the force choke that he learned from Vader through observation. And then he uses the Jedi mind trick that he learned from Obi-Wan. That's how you know he's a Jedi Knight, that he has a range of powers. And, and that's why it makes sense that his almost undoing is a force power that he didn't expect, which is force lightning. Yeah, man, can you imagine being like, okay, I've got this whole force thing down. Kind of touch <laughs> things without touching them. And now you can make lightning come out of your hands. That is sounds- <laughs> No, you will die. <laughs> so be it. I still love the Emperor. I'm st- like, I'm all in. The Emperor is by far my favorite villain. You know, they, they like cast... Uh, a different actor and then he dropped out uh, because he apparently got really sick and then Ian McDormand was a second choice and it worked out because he was actually a bit younger than they were expect like they were planning but it worked out because in the prequels he could reprise his role and it didn't you know it actually fit right yeah he was like dead he was like a stage I, actor so like he had he was able to like use special techniques to project his voice and he like all that stuff where he's like so creepy and weird that's his call and he convinced uh lucas and marquan to do that to let that happen he's probably the best part of this movie or one of the best part oh yeah i mean the, <coughs> literally the only thing i don't like is the ewoks i i texted ethan this morning and i was like take the ewoks out of this put like a rebel contingent tendency on on the forest moon of endor or like wookies or something like that and this is easily the best one in the series i disagree but i have heard a really cool idea put forth by people that's like they should have uh convinced jabba the hut to let him and his like gang army uh take on the empire because my major flaw with the movie is that there's a clear story arc for Luke Skywalker, but the arc for Leia and Han is so thin. Like, there's no change. Like, it's just, they just kind of go along, and all of the character development is on Luke and Vader. Uh, but if you had introduced Jabba as a more relevant, purposeful character, you could have had, like, a, I don't know, it would have added a flourish to the story of, like, you know, the galaxy uniting to overthrow the Empire. Well, that's an, that's a genius idea. I like that. I'm all yeah, in. Yeah, I like that a lot. I wish that had happened. Because it you really don't get a lot of, you don't get as much from Leia and Han as you should have. Because they're these incredible characters. They had, obviously, stories behind them, and the stories are just never fleshed out, well, forward or backward. <clears throat> well, and I like that uh, Han is, watching these last two made me realize how important it is that we get a Han Solo movie. Like, I wasn't about it, I'm, and I'm still apprehensive about the film yeah, coming. I don't know if I'm with you there. Well, he just says so many things and his relationship with Lando seems to have so much depth that it's like, I want to see where this came from. And I think if they're able to do it correctly and make it sort of fit with some of the things he says, then I think it's going to be a really exceptional. I really do. Mm-hmm. But I, I fear that that's going to be a huge challenge. But they did a really good job with the parallels from 5 and 6 to 7 and 8 with Snoke and the Emperor. And I was happy with that, where it was like, you know, when you see episode 5, you're like, who the crap is the Emperor? Yeah. If you've never seen 1, 2, and 
episode three. Like, why do I even care? Who is this guy? And then he... Oh, and now he's dead. Okay, well, that was an interesting story. <laughs> Spoilers for The Last Jedi. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is bacon and eggs. We, we, we don't... If you haven't... Yeah, if you haven't seen Last Jedi by now, you're asking for uh, it. Yeah. If you're wondering what happens to Snow. And yet people still get upset. Well, here's the thing. There's, this is why people get upset. is because then we got the pre... It's like, oh my gosh, I know so much about the Emperor now. He's such an ingenious yeah. character. I love him. He's so good. He went from like Senator on Naboo advising Padme to literal Emperor Palpatine. They squeezed the lore for all the blue milk they could get. And it's set up. People forget that the prequels kind of birthed the fandom of speculation and they they just brought about this culture of like plot twists mean good plots and that's why people were disappointed that like the new filmmakers were like ah let's not do that let's just make a really cool story with great revelations instead of twists and people don't like that you're talking about the, the sequels now the yeah like last jedi yeah so you think people like the prequels more than the sequels no but i think like people like i you remember the that's... hype for the prequels was huge and yeah. it's like you're saying it, it propped up a culture of speculation and like you know the marvel movies kind of took that to a totally new level and uh in some ways the uh the dc cinematic universe did too but th- with the prequels yeah like the way that people were like speculating on like who was going to be revenge of the sith and like you know it, how is this all going to play out and you know it, I, I was only like 15 around this time but i was caught up in it too oh yeah i think i think we all that it was like how are they going to connect i think what bothered me more than anything was like okay clones i get the clone troopers don't wear the same uniform as the stormtroopers so that how is that gonna how are they gonna get there and then of course they didn't i mean <laughs> the video game battlefront 2 did yeah the 501st yeah but that's not canon so yeah which they know. took out of canon did they yeah are you sure yeah mm. i mean because... i played the new battlefront 2 and i guess they don't refer to the 501st still canon to me that's what we call a head cannon. Yeah. you can't just declare something's canon <laughs> Sure I can. <laughs> sure I can. <laughs> Disney can do whatever they want, apparently. Yeah, Disney can burn old Star Wars books on screen. <laughs> say we'll that they were very good in it. the first place. Do it. Burn it. Not page turners they were. <laughs> <laughs> can I say real quick that uh, I watched the trilogy every Christmas, the original trilogy, around, around the holidays. I pop down, you know, put them on Blu-ray, and I always watch them, not like all three in a row but like over the course of like a couple of days and so like I, I watch Return of the Jedi very often and if I just want to come out with it I love Return of the Jedi I don't know where you guys are at but I think it's so underappreciated and I think I even like the Ewoks that's where I'm at I need it's, you to sell I mean listen I understand where you're coming from I'm a huge Attack of the Clones guy ugh, nobody's which like is, me exactly it, just... it could be the end of our friendship actually. <laughs> Attack of the Clones um, is the only bad Star Wars movie in my opinion I don't even the Phantom yeah, this is it. the only bad Star Wars movie. Uh, but I definitely hear what you're saying. I want you to sell it to me then. Tell me why I should like okay. and the, the rest of the movie. Well, I've never understood why people hate the Ewoks so much. Um, I actually, I, I like the fact that they go from like these murderous little things and then people are like, how did they beat the Stormtroopers? It's their turf and they're violent and they didn't like win easily. So I totally buy it. And I think they represent the sort of scrappy rebel army in a much better way than if we had gotten a rebel army. And if it had been Wookiees, we never would have gotten that tension of like oh they might lose you know the wookies are such a commanding dangerous force and we wouldn't yeah, they have... would have ripped the stormtroopers apart yeah like it wouldn't have been as like what's gonna happen and i also think there was way too many references to like you know there's tatooine which is luke's home planet and if they had been like well here's chewbacca's home planet there wouldn't have been enough new material we even go to dagobah again we even have the death star again so i think the endor stuff and the ewoks 
I think it's all properly set up. I think it's a breath of fresh air, and I think it works really well. I don't know, man. They're little fluff balls. <laughs> They're cute. And when the one gets blown up, come on. Don't, don't tell me you didn't feel nothing. I felt sad. This I definitely felt sad. Over. What do you think? I mean, I hear you, but it's like, and I'm on the same page. Like, I I, I really enjoyed watching a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, it's got some stupid stuff, like the Ewoks and like, mm-hmm. like you said, the thin story for Han and Leia, Boba Fett going out such a lame way. The music, dance number, and Jabba's the palace. One of the, like, one of the biggest blights upon Star Wars lore. It hurts. It's yeah. It's not. It's not great. That that specific scene, it's especially so in creepy the... too. When Jabba's reeling her in with the chain, and it's like, what am I watching? Oh, it's such an imbalance of like the way the music sounds, and it's this dark, seedy. Like it's so eighties, I guess. Person and but I do like. More than anything, I think this is the only movie that I can tolerate C-3PO. Like, I feel like his jokes actually hit well and they're timed well and I'm laughing. Mm -hmm. And this movie generally is funny, at least for the first half or so. They're like... A lot of great humor. Yeah, a lot of really good humor. And like, I really enjoyed that. And I think Luke's character, like making Luke much darker and confident and powerful, more grown up instead of like a whiny baby, to me is is good. I like that. Because that parallels the arc with Anakin where he starts off as like a sniveling, whining piece of crap. And then, oh, now he's Darth Vader. And, he's and he starts wearing black all of a sudden? Yeah. They both started wearing black all of a sudden? Well, I think the Emperor dressed Darth Vader. No, I mean, Anakin. Yeah. Like, in episode three. Yeah, he was wearing darker colors throughout. <laughs> but I don't think he was... Was he wearing black black? Yeah. Yeah. The whole movie, he was wearing that, like, black tunic. It, it rhymes. He was also wearing, like, blacks, like, darker tones in Attack of the Clones, wasn't he? Maybe. Attack... You gotta remember, Attack of the Clones, Anakin had short hair. So well, it's yeah. tough. He wore, like... He wore, like, brown. Yeah. Yeah, but so did Obi-Wan. Now, Obi-Wan pretty wore, consistently like, wore that tan. Yeah. That, like, desert storm color. Hello there. The source of, source of their problems is that Obi-Wan's looked like sand, Anakin got. Is that, and is Anakin that hated sand. Slowly just couldn't take it anymore. So, really I, 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 you know. You were the chosen one. It gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's coarse and it's rough. <laughs> I hate both of you. I hate both of you. But no, like, we've reviewed a lot of movies that are worse than this. Like, I'm not trying to just sit here and, and shit on Star Wars for a minute. Like, we've reviewed three Star Wars movies. No, four Star Wars movies that are worse than this. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys rank it, like, with every Star Wars movie? Yeah. We have so far. What, what is it? We haven't. We haven't, we haven't gotten there yet. But Oh, okay. But I think it's a pretty clear choice. Like, in my mind, I was coming into the original trilogy and being like, I don't know, I really enjoy Revenge of the Sith. Like, like I, I like Attack of the Clones as a guilty pleasure. I get that it's bad. We're all on the same page. But I like it. It's mine. And I'm going to keep like Phantom Menace is literal garbage. I think Revenge of the Sith is a well-put-together film. And it's got cool choreography, got a neat story, and it's got power of the dark side. And you know what? It's gospel. So if you don't like it... Like, it's not up to you. This is just what happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, I think I think Revenge of the Sith is the better of the prequels, but it's got so many problems. And it's just such a... Hayden Christensen, I don't get what he was doing in those movies. And it's just such no a idea. misfire. No idea. It's such yeah, bad acting. He's not the best. And how do you take Natalie Portman, one of the most... Like, she was at her peak, you know, and her charisma, and like, you just, she's like a wet towel in this, I don't know. In Attack of the Clones, <laughs> she had a spark, but. Yeah, she did. She was interesting in Attack of the Clones. Uh, so one nice thing I'll probably ever say about Attack of the Clones. But no, I mean, this is exactly what I told Ty was going to happen. He's sitting there, we're like knee deep in the prequels, and he's like, man, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I just love these movies, man. I just love these movies. And I'm like, yeah, but wait till we get to review like an actual movie again. And he's like, no, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think mm. they're still going to stack up pretty highly. And no. No, yeah. So from this is minute, better than. From the minute A New Hope starts, you're like, yeah, f*** those other movies. <laughs> this is better than Revenge of the Sith. And I thought it might not be. I really did. And uh... well, so we put out a question in our Facebook group a while back, like, hey guys, what's your 
your favorite Star Wars. Like, give us your Star Wars rank. And a bunch of people were like, Return of the Jedi is the best one. And I was Honestly, like, I get that. What? I totally now, get that. I do I do get it more after watching, because it had been a long time since i seen it. And I get it a lot more. I get why people like it. Because it, it is, it's, it's... Just completely, it's completely enjoyable. It's yeah. not as intense as the rest of them necessarily, but it's completely enjoyable. Like, there's not really, there's still not that many faults you can find. Well, I think the contrast is really good, because I think the the Luke storyline, he's a lot more serious, and everybody else is a lot more relaxed. So I think that that contrast makes Luke even seem, like, what he's doing is even more. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, Mark Hamill's only good acting credit ever. Whoa, hey, uh, <laughs> Brigsby Bear. <laughs> what is Brigsby Bear? Brigsby Bear. It's, it's the movie... Mark Hamill was in with, with with a guy from SNL, Kyle Kyle Mooney. Brigsby Bear. It was one of it was our Cinemaholics movie of the year in 2017. Really? Yeah. It, it, oh my gosh. Okay. Mark Hamill is in this movie, and I'm just gonna tell you guys, like, without telling you anything about the plot, do not look it up. Don't find out what this movie is about. Blind watch that thing. Okay. Just trust me. I will do that. It sounds like it's about a bear, and I'm gonna make a comment. Like, why do you like bear movies so much? Don't even watch the trailer. Okay. Oh, because you like padding. It's, yeah, because he was last time he was on the podcast. He's just like, guys, you need to see padding. Yeah, you'll understand. This is nothing like Paddington too. <laughs> I do like bears, <laughs> but this is not. Well, this is not a CGI kids movie. Yeah, yeah, it's on the do, flag. Do you have one of those stupid T-shirts or tank tops that's got the flag on it? Oh, you bet your sweet ass! I've got one of those stupid T-shirts. God, I just want to fly out there and smack you, <laughs> but I can't afford it. <laughs> You have, like, a California Republic flag hanging in your bedroom? Oh, uh, I should. Oh, you should. Yeah, I think the only poster I have on my wall right now, because I'm moving, is a lava poster. Like Lava, lava the like Pixar short? Pixar? Yeah, it's it's the one I got it um, at Pixar. Yeah, the, uh, the guy who directed that short, um, he actually, like, I like got to talk to him and stuff, and he gave out, like, the posters to a few of us. I think that might be my favorite Pixar short of all. I love that short, and when people complain about it, I just, it breaks my heart a little bit. How can you complain about it? They don't know the story. You felt sad for a volcano. <laughs> like, that. There's no more Pixar thing that's ever happened. Preaching than, than the choir. making you feel bad for a volcano. People don't know that it's like the Israel Komakawaka like I. Oh yeah, people did get upset. They're like, oh, I see how it is. He's a big fat guy and she's a real like skinny girl. That's that's just that's just the patriarchy. People like, are upset about that. I don't remember that. I saw a bunch of people being upset about that. Maybe it was just my particular like following on Twitter. Yeah, you've got time. an interesting group of friends over there. Um, but yeah, people were upset about that. And, we- and somebody <laughs> was just like, are you kidding me? It's their life. They're real people. That's what yeah. they look like. I mean. John, you have to remember that Tumblr bleeds into our Twitter, so, mm-hmm. you know, do what you will with that information. We, we don't have just mature adults. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't look at me Twitter for mature me. adults on Twitter. My Twitter feed is, like, adults who think they're mature. We get we get into petty stuff all the time. We got into, I got into this ridiculous argument with a Twitter person over Jurassic Park um, not being serious enough or something. It was ridiculous. People die in Jurassic Park. Like no, on but, no, but that's the thing, is, like, his complaint was that, like, Nedry was too cartoonish and it didn't fit the film. To which I was saying, it perfectly illustrates the bumblingness of humanity when we try to control nature, and it's a perfect, it's a perfect end to that character. And like the premise itself is cartoonish. So, yeah. John, you are one of two people on Twitter that I look for or look to for for movie review advice or movie advice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just That's you also. And- you and Ben Mankiewicz. Oh, cool. Ben's great. Yeah. Do you know him personally? You guys all know each other? No, no. But, you know, I, I've interacted more with, like, Alonzo, but I've never, yeah. I've been following Ben Mankiewicz, though, since, like, he had his show, since he was on At The Movies um, on Reels' yeah. channel. Yeah. But, yeah, no, uh, I, I will say I have a hard time comparing the original trilogy to each other because even with Return of the Jedi, I just don't see it as a movie on its own. I see it as part three. Like I see it as the third act of one long movie. Does that make any sense? It definitely does. 
for sure. I mean, you can't you can't look at Return of the Jedi on its own. Almost, it, you either have to look at it as a third part of a three movie series, or you have to look at it as just a continuation of Empire. Yeah. And you can you say could... the same thing for Empire. Like, it doesn't stand on its own perfectly. It doesn't try to. No, I, I agree. But, like, em- there's more similarities to me between Empire and Jedi than there are between A New Hope and Empire. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because the structures between, like, New Hope and Return of the Jedi have the same plot structure. They both start with a rescue, and then they both end with a big battle sequence. Whereas Empire starts with a battle sequence and ends with a rescue. Yeah, they they feel like a part one and two of of a second story to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good it's way like, to put it. It's not as clearly illustrated here as it is in like, if you look at the first three parts of the Caribbean movies, but it's that same kind of feeling where like one kind of stands on its own and then two and three go together. Yeah, I think all good trilogies can do that. And, but then you have a trilogy like Lord of the Rings, which was always meant to be one long story from the get-go. And right. like, you can even tell that like he kind of gapped Fellowship and Two Towers arbitrarily because it just picks up like from the moment fellowship ends which is is weird for me because uh, two towers is by far like my favorite movie and my favorite book or part of the book i agree yeah it's the best part of this trilogy it's crazy because normally i'm not a big second act fan especially in movies like i i get movies and books i get kind of bogged down in the whole like it was a great introduction and and the setup you did and everything and then now we've got all this stuff that has to happen for you to get to the great ending i think though usually the second movie tends to be either the best or on par with the first like spider-man 2 the dark night godfather part two uh and Thor the dark Towers. yeah i think harry that harry potter and the wait and you're the... saying godfather part two is better than one yes oh Most completely yeah godfather part two is a masterpiece the ending is so are, much more satisfying i don't know i wouldn't say it's a clear favorite um yeah i mean i get i get why people would prefer the first one but uh yeah i believe the second one is everything the first one is better fair enough i mean they're both incredible i'm not going to take it away take any there's a lot of people that'll tell you that one or the other is the best movie ever. some people will say part three is better than you thought no 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 I, I rewatched the Godfather trilogy and the Lord of the Rings trilogy in the last couple of months and the Oceans trilogy, actually. And Oceans is well, a example. there's a part two that's not that good. Which I, I actually, I like part two a lot better False. than most people. Yeah, part two is great. I, well, Sorry. Uh, I'm not saying it's, it's not, the worst of the, it's the worst of the three. Don't get me wrong. It's the worst of the three, but it's not unwatchable like people claim it is. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. It's definitely not unwatchable. I think it has some really, really clever fun. Part two and the Oceans trilogy reminded me a lot of the newer Italian job movie am i just misremembering something or is there like a clear connection with those two yeah i mean see Wait, italian what? job came out around the same time as the second yeah didn't it? and there's it's about an egg right that's what they get in the italian job <laughs> oh yeah i never made that connection i didn't either i just see, watched you uh, need to be going uh, to tyler 13, for your movie like advice ago, or like four days oceans 2 or italian's job uh, no sorry oceans 13 oceans 13 so are you guys excited about oceans 8 i don't know i, I am I I'm hope so I, into it. I hope it's good. It's the same director, right? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. It's not Soderbergh. But I, I I'm so into this. Like the idea of Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett, and just that entire cast, like in a heist movie, is all I've ever wanted. But it's I don't know all if you, you guys, ever wanted all. It's I everything. Just, yeah, I am. I, I, I can only hope it is done better and more tastefully than the new Ghostbusters. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Because like I get the logic behind like cool. let's make it all women. Like I'm, I'm cool with that. I have no problem with that. Just like Ghostbusters. Was 
really bad, and I really terrible hope terrible comedy. Just terrible. That, it just wasn't funny. That was the biggest problem. I really hope Ocean's Eight is better because it's just it's got so much to lose. It has less of a burden because it doesn't it doesn't have to be a comedy. It can have the style and fun of the first three Ocean's movies, but with different characters, which I think is yeah. really cool. I'm just gonna be sitting there in the theater the whole time trying to find Caravan in the score, and, <laughs> <laughs> and if it's not there, I'm going to be upset. Anyway, no, I heard so- the entire soundtrack is Tears for Fears. Sorry. Oh gosh, why? What are we talking about? We're talking Return about of the Jedi is good. Yeah, Return we're talking the about Jedi. the third, the third installment in the Star Wars trilogy, and we got started on other trilogies, and that's how we got to Ocean. I will, oh, I gosh. will say, it's on that track, um, I did a tweet uh, a while back. I think you guys might have even taken part in it, but it was like name a movie, name a third movie in a trilogy that's the best one. And a lot of, not a lot of people, I'd say like a couple dozen people said Return of the Jedi in their lists. And that did surprise me because I didn't think as many people, like you said before, were that into it, but they are. We said Thor Ragnarok. That's how we responded. I remember that, yeah. And that's a tough trilogy, though. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think... Comment. I don't think you can say that this is the best one in in the original Star Wars. I don't even think you could say it's the second. I think this is not is this is the worst movie in the original Star Wars trilogy. But that's not a like an time. insult to. It. I don't know. I think it depends upon what parts of like. I think the clear winner is Empire. But you, you watch the three; it's obvious. <sighs> Return of the I Jedi has some of the upon... best, but it has some of the best scenes in all three. That's what makes it tough. Yeah, and I think it depends upon what you liked about Empire. Yeah, I think that determines whether you like Jedi or a New Hope. And I like you know you know what Return of the Jedi has that empire just doesn't an insane amount of han solo charisma scenes (laughs) no it just like i get everybody loves the plot twist everybody loves how dark it gets but return of the jedi has a second act that is devoted entirely to one last fun adventure with these characters the interplay between c-3po and r2d2 and chewbacca han leia and luke when they get they go to endor together you know all the tense like they recreate the scene where like you know they're approaching the ship and like oh well they make it through and then when they get captured and when they're joking around together and when they have heart to hearts and just that scene where C-3PO is like telling their whole story in front of the Ewoks and you just look you see the faces on these characters and that is what I love about Return of the Jedi it's these two massive acts that are these big crazy set pieces you know Luke versus uh, Vader and then it starts with the big audacious uh, rescue scene no exposition but then you just have this second act that's warm that's fun but that's also thrilling in action and spectacle and I just don't see that in the first two movies the first two movies are so quick and slapdash and like things are like you know we gotta move we gotta do this we gotta do that Return of the Jedi has a secret ingredient there that I just think gets underlooked a lot man you were like all about this Return of the Jedi well it, and this was the point that I was I was gonna make almost is it feels it's almost a little bit more Star Wars than the other it combines the well it combines the adventure Flash Gordon stuff from the first one with the darker tone from the second right one, which is that's why it feels so complete like they took they took everything they learned from a new hope mm-hmm. and everything they learned from empire and everything lawrence kasdan and george lucas learned from directing harrison ford in raiders of the lost ark and just smushed it together mixed in some midi chlorians and a pot right, exactly there you go and, and and you did you got this you got this incredibly watchable incredibly fun i know you hate that word about movies but it is a it's a fun movie it's like you're not miserable watching jedi you can make a case for being kind of bogged down watching it well and, and just to build on that you know like empire's got a lot of details jedi does introduce a bunch of characters that you don't need to know anything about i remember one time tweeting i was like uh, admiral akbar is kind of a side characters and it was like a competition between two characters for 
something. And one was like, just for sake of comparison, one was, I don't know, Aragorn versus Admiral Ackbar. Like, who's more important or better? And I was like, well, that's Aragorn, obviously. There's no question. And somebody was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, Admiral Ackbar is a totally minor side character. And they were like, well, unfollow. Admiral Ackbar is Admiral. No, he's not. He's just not. Yeah, that's an um, unfollow you can certainly live with, I'm sure. Yeah. But that's a, but that's a Star Wars thing, though. It's like, here's a character. A care he's about a meme. It. Yeah. That's why I was so confused when people are like, you can't just kill off Admiral Ackbar in The Last Jedi like that. Why not? Like, right. what, <laughs> who cares? What, what resolution were you hoping for with that character? <laughs> what story did that character have? No, he right. just, he's a, he's a symbol. He represents the old guard and his death was necessary. I, yeah. That sounds really mean and Sithy, but it's true. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things about Re- Last Jedi that are really mean and Sithy about, you know, the old guard. Mm, we've well, never talked about Last Jedi, have we? We have not. I've mm. never talked about Last Jedi on a podcast. Mm. Ethan has. Yeah, uh, ben, ben Carlin and I did that episode. I see. I was on my honey. We don't we don't have to dwell on it, but where are you guys at with that maybe? So I've seen the Twitter moment that was like, people say that watching The Last Jedi the second time, it's much better. And I remember leaving the theater and being like, I'm in. I'm all about it. Let's go. I'm ready to defend this movie because I think people are going to be mad about that Leia thing. And then after a while, the internet kind of consumed. And then I read that Twitter moment and I was like, you know what? I liked it before. I'll probably like it again, but I haven't watched it. That's where I'm. Okay. So to be continued. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. I I loved it. Same here. I I I had no issues with it. I got out of the theater (laughs) and saw people were upset about it and I still have no idea. It's like, I get that you're like, oh, it fucks around with the canon. I mean, no, it doesn't. This is canon. This is a gospel film, yeah. This is is what canon is. Live with it. It doesn't do anything to to kind of mess around with what the first ones had created. Not not to any great extent. Uh, So there's not a whole lot you can be mad about with it. Is it what everybody wanted? No, not necessarily, but that's that's gonna be a thing. Yeah, and I I like it better than Force Awakens, but I also liked Force Awakens a lot. I think that was a good setup. I think if you look at the Star Wars movies as three trilogies, I don't think the last jedi will be regarded as the best of the third trip mm, i think it will be I, I i don't know it will we'll have to wait and see but i think force awakens doesn't have the same spirit of invention that last jedi has the last jedi isn't just a good star wars it's like a great film like there is so much more to unpack with what's going on with the characters in that movie and i think the spectacle moments are so much more original and i just i like force awakens i think it's a romp you know it's a movie i will say that i had fun with but last jedi i didn't just have fun with it made me think and it made me reconsider star wars which to me puts it on par with the original trilogy i'll say it. bring well, on it, it has been nick caged to all hell on the internet oh well i could not care less i i it's same here and that's the thing is like you're, you're getting upset about something for no reason it's like they could just have never made star wars again and and, and you like you could have been mad about that do you think they're making too many too no, many too quick too many too quick it's been, it was 10 years between uh revenge of the sith and force awakens yeah it was six months between the last jedi and solo solo and rogue one don't count mm. I mean, I, also, I don't think they're doing any more spinoffs for a while, aren't they? Solo should have been released this Christmas and not in May. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. I, I, well, they were on a good schedule there where it was like every Christmas there's some kind of Star Wars thing. For three straight years. And now they're just like, eh, end of May, Memorial Day? Sure, why not? Yeah, and it affected Infinity War, you know? They had to move that one up to April. I don't, if I was Marvel, I wouldn't be afraid of Solo. I don't not know. I think they're worried about you... diminished returns. Do you, like, Granted, know why Infinity War got moved? Was it to save Solo or was it to help Infinity War? Um, oh, I guess they're both Disney. I think they're trying to space things out better because I, I think they were under the impression that Wrinkle in Time wasn't going to be the la- lasting hit that they hoped for. And by releasing this one, by releasing Infinity War on April 27, it doesn't cannibalize um, Solo, which comes out at the end of May. Because then once we roll into June, that's when Incredibles 2 is going to be coming out. So they have to, they, they just had way too many things coming out. It's a good problem to have, but I mean, yeah, they're 
going to be dominating this summer. Like I mean, the sure, biggest blockbusters is, are Disney. This is definitely a, a year where Disney is sitting there going, man, we're going to release a movie whenever the fuck we want. And y- you can't do anything about it. Like, try and stop us. I mean, yeah. you got to remember, I think what blows my mind is Last Jedi came out as far as box office and everything. Last Jedi came out and then like within three weeks, it was getting its ass whooped by Jumanji. Jumanji ended up being, I think, a lot better than a lot of people were anticipating. Yeah, it broke a billion dollars. I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. Jumanji, we were talking about today in our Cinemaholics chat, but that is our most popular episode ever. Um, It has like over 50,000 views, something like that, on uh, YouTube. Really? Yeah, and not not counting our audio. That's just on the YouTube channel. I didn't even know you guys had it. We do, yeah. Uh, all of our episodes, uh, except for our bonus ones, are on the We Got This Covered YouTube channel. Oh, like with your faces? No, no. Okay. You, you don't... Think. I've seen your face in a video before. You were, you did like a yeah. brief series called like Pixar News. I, yeah, I Pixar Detective. Um, I did that on Facebook Live and no longer, but uh, I do... I've done... I've been doing videos on YouTube on my own channel, John in Theory, mainly because I feel bad because like I did a few videos that did really well on there. One of them was actually about The Force Awakens, um, the lightsaber theory. That one, it was one of my first videos and it got like six or seven hundred thousand views but then i just didn't really make a lot of stuff after that like i made something about guardians and then something about cars and they all did really well like i think the guardians one was like a couple of hundred thousand um but my thing is like i don't have time to make videos like i'd like to and i like doing it i think i can make decent videos um i don't like to be on them though like i don't know if you guys have even know what i'm talking about but like i don't show my face like i just do the video essay format you know but lately every tuesday i've been i have this period of time where i have time to record like a vlog in my car and i've been doing that and the one that came out yesterday was about loki's role in the mcu not making any sense so you can check that out if you want it's like a 13 minute me full blast on loki not making sense with your face yeah i'll have to go look at that because i truthfully have absolutely no clue what you look like oh man I, I was wanting to keep it that way but i mean that's fine like live your life like yeah i just you do like you're the you're this smiley face on your skype picture yeah. i'll send you a link and then <laughs> well the mystery will end well i will i will watch i don't know if i want the mystery to end as i i have an image of what you look like in my head and it's probably very different yikes well i'll send it to tyler yeah. I mean, I, you had a Twitter picture there for a while. Well, it's still there. Like, my Twitter right now? Yeah, yeah. your Avi on Twitter was a picture of you. Still yeah. is. Yeah, it's, I, it's not oh. changed. I'm, yeah. It's just very it's it's very small, and I don't really click on people's Avis a lot. Yeah, why um, would you? I don't know. But yeah, so so yeah. Jumanji, uh, yeah, did a lot better than I think people were thinking it was going to. I loved it. Uh, some people didn't. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it's not the movie we're here to talk about. We're talking Star Wars. And Disney, who are just going to release movies every two months for the end of time, apparently. Sounds like every month. Well, there was, there was a while between uh, Last Jedi and... And uh, Black Panther. Mm -hmm. A little bit like, you know, January when... Not much is coming out. Yeah. And then Black Panther came out, and then March was a wrinkle in time. I mean... I still didn't see that. Last Jedi still made uh, $1.2 million, So I just... Or, yeah, $1.2 billion. Yeah. Right. So by no I mean, means... I it, it was wor- it was a worthwhile investment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, I think- Force Awakens made 2.2 or whatever it was, but that was like decades of hype. Well, I mean, the, the best... Just- as far as box offices go, the, the top three Star Wars movies, I think... Like, well, the, the, the first one in the trilogy does better than the other two in the trilogy, mm-hmm. generally. I yeah, because Phantom Menace really let people down <laughs> if i were disney i would do movie releases the same way you do political term limits every four years but then every two years you do a spin-off that's enough time to hype things up like but they're making a billion dollars of star wars yeah but they recognize that like they're making that now but they're not going to keep making that forever like eventually people are going to get sick of it um, i think but yeah, i guess that's what I think is gonna... after the nine comes out they're probably just going to stop for another 10 no i think they're going to no. do what they've been doing with marvel because that's been successful right they they've they've only done what 
two Avengers movies in the last 10 years, right? They populate it with other stuff. I mean, they have Avengers 2.5 with Civil War, but Infinity War is coming out three years later. So like, I do think with Star Wars, they're probably considering this a lot right now, and they've probably already made their decision and are just sort of waiting and seeing how Solo's going to do. Yeah, well, I, I mean, don't think they're going to tell us when episode nine. Infinity War is already at what, like? 200 million just in pre-sales oh i don't know for sure but yeah it's gonna dominate oh yeah i saw a stat that infinity war has sold more pre-sale tickets than the last seven marvels combined like all the way back to ant-man so you're saying it's gonna make more than thor ragnarok yeah turns out john people don't agree with us that thor ragnarok is the best some people do (laughs) some people really love it yeah yeah some people like obviously a lot of people are like I cannot believe what they did to Thor. Well, Black Panther did better than that. Black Panther's oh, yeah. done better than most things. Black Panther, I think, passed Avengers. I think it's like right. an obligation. It's now the Black highest Panther. grossing superhero movie of all time in the US. I think it's like fourth highest. Yeah, for yeah. like another week. Yeah, I don't know if it'll pass. I think Jurassic World is the next one for it to be. Are the Jurassic so World or maybe it's Force Awakens? I don't remember. Uh, Jurassic World was less good than Force Awakens, like um, as far as box yeah. office goes. Because that was, uh, they all came out in the same okay. year. It was like that. You're right, you're right. Furious 7 and uh, Force Awakens and Jurassic World and there was some other movie but they all did like insanely well and it was like each of them occupied the top spot for like a month yeah yeah 2015 was intense 2014 was the year of great films 2015 was the year of like good films that made a lot of money that made a lot of money yeah we must have been all about my favorite movie we were ty that was the time we went to like five movies in a week every tuesday man six dollar that was when we saw inside out jurassic world entourage and uh something else in the term in the span of like five days oh man you guys should do a film festival watching watching like five to ten movies in like two days is really fun as soon as we can got an endurance i don't have i I would love to do that it sounds hard as soon as i get the kind of credit and not credit the kind of clout where i can do stuff like that no no people go to these things people who just love as movies as much as we do and i i swear to you it's not as grueling as it probably sounds wait you can just go to these things yeah I thought you had to yeah be you, press. Just, you buy tickets no, yeah, oh. you just buy tickets. yeah people who go to sundance like you don't have to be like an industry insider like i mean i'm a member of the film festival so i don't i pay like a i i get like a discount but like yeah people just buy tickets who just love movies so did you go to sundance no i've always wanted to go though i uh i was looking at packages and my thing was that i didn't think that i could get the time off work gotcha you work for a fruit company <sighs> sorry i was drinking my tea and uh yeah my app Apple cranberry tea. Ah, I see. You made it sound like it was a big secret last time you were on the pod, and then it's just on your website. Um, I don't know. I'm no, I'm not allowed to mention anything about. Gotcha. It. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Fair enough. I um, am. I can tell you all about Rainbow International. Yeah, your boss was on the podcast last night. I know. So. Second episode we're recording in two days. Wait, your boss was on an episode of Bacon and Eggs? Yeah, he. he I work for our childhood best friend. Yeah. Oh. oh. So the Return Maybe. of the Jedi movie. So, John, right. John, this is a question we've asked all our Tell us a little bit about your Star Wars journey. I, obviously, you told us you, this is the first Star Wars movie you remember watching. But from there, like, is it a is it a big part of your life? Is it something you love? Obviously, is I mean, you Star watch Wars it every Christmas. Part? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Star Wars is, like, one of my favorite franchises, if not my favorite franchise. I love, like, Star Wars, like, dominated my childhood. I played the video games. I read all the comics. I, I read a bunch of the novels. And the video games were... Were more my thing like uh you know the jedi knight series rogue squadron and the battlefront oh. games i can't tell you how many times how many hours i put into battlefront 2 um, i played the original. Rogue squadron last night oh man yeah rogue <laughs> squadron was amazing uh if i pull up I, if i pull up uh steam i can tell you how much time i've logged in battlefront 2 in like the past three months 
Is it the new one, though? No, 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 the classic. Oh, cool, cool. The new one's okay. The new one has a decent uh, campaign mode, actually, that I I, I got a kick out of. But I played it once, and I just never really wanted to play it again. But No replay value. Yeah, I'll play it again eventually. Yeah, you're right. It it just doesn't have... Like, the, the campaign is actually decent, but the the modes and the, like i don't know how they, i don't get how they can't crack the code of what made the original battlefront games fun it was a very simple formula but they keep making it this other thing where it's just slapdash and free-for-all and well because they play into a different it. audience they're trying to catch that call of duty crowd which is nonsense because it's not, not gonna happen yeah yeah call of duty is a completely different experience that is already it's already been filled as a niche <laughs> like we were bringing back what made battlefront to you fun that's what i said right well what what made battlefront 2 fun is being used now by fortnite sure i've never played fortnite my roommate plays it every day and uh it's it's kind of like a thorn in my flesh because it's, yeah. it's not dissimilar battlefront hmm. i mean it's a little bit i mean battle royale instead of uh, endless lives until you kill 100 people. Uh, okay you, i mean yeah the, the, that, that mechanic is a little bit different yeah so that's my star wars journey all the way to fortnite um, do you remember a, a time <laughs> in your life where there was no star wars no not really i mean like i watched the first one when i was like forming memories you know, it was that kind of thing. Because, like, this was, like, early 90s. And I think at this point, the, the Star Wars, like, VHS tapes were out. And, like I said, my brother was a bit older than me. He would watch these movies all the time. I mean, they were just always playing. So, like, I can't even remember, like, being surprised by the, like, I'm your father thing. Like, it just never, it just always has been <laughs> that twist, right? right. Uh, which, right. that's kind of kind of sucks but i mean do you think you need the twist to enjoy star wars no but i think it's a really cool experience that i feel bad because i missed out on it but i've experienced other great twists and other movies you know pretty much everybody we've talked to because we've talked to a bunch of different guests about star wars now because we've done seven movies at this point <coughs> and everybody pretty much has the same story of like no i really don't remember a time before star wars and then blank person introduced it to me when i was like a wee child mm-hmm. so john how will you introduce it to your children um have you ever seen the videos where like parents will like yeah, they're like uh, recording their kids watching Empire Strikes Back for the first time and they find out like I'm your father like that whole thing um, probably like that like exploitatively right if you can make money off of it. Um, yeah. Ad revenue. Got to make that cash. But no, yeah, yeah I, I think, uh, like I said, I watch these movies every Christmas. And if I have a son, if I have a daughter, um, I think, yeah, it's going to be a holiday tradition in my house. Like, I, like it already is a tradition. And it, I think it's something that, uh, I don't know, there's something about Star Wars movies in December, you know? And then one day, my kid, they're going to be like 14, 15. And then I'm going to say, here's a little something called Blue Harvest. What? Blue Harvest? What is it? Well, it's a little program called Family Guy. And we're going to watch Blue Harvest, something something dark side and it's trash do you like the blue harvest movies yeah i, I think they're too. hilarious i think they're good yeah, yeah yeah they make me laugh yeah what are you guys talking about but the family guy star wars spinoffs yeah what? family guy family guy made little mini movies that basically are just like jokey star wars it's like their version of space balls but it's more direct like i did not know that they're hilarious you've never seen them no you're in for a treat Ed i've never yeah. even heard of them well do you know where the name blue harvest comes from yeah. right so, no, I don't think I do. Oh, okay. So Blue Harvest is what they were calling Return of the Jedi uh, in order to avoid like paying too much where they filmed. So like they came up with a logo and stuff and they called it like a mm. horror movie. So like uh, because at this time Lucasfilm was becoming like an independent thing. George Lucas didn't want like union workers. He personally financed Return of the Jedi. They were doing everything they could to save money. That's why that budget is a lot lower than you'd probably expect. 
And uh, part of that was they knew that if they went into these places, like they filmed in Arizona, for example, and the Redwoods uh, National Parks uh, for the indoor stuff. But when they w- filmed in uh, Arizona, they were pretty sure that if they were like, hey, we're we're sh- shooting Star Wars Return of the Jedi, A, people would come and snoop and like find different, you know, they would try to like take pictures. And then also they were worried that people um, would charge them more money to use these locations because it's like, well, it's Star Wars, you know, one of the most successful movies of all time. So sure. they called it Blue yeah, Harvest. I, I just didn't, yeah, called that. But it, uh, that's crazy. I did not know that the thing, I mean, obviously I know about Spaceball, all of it, but uh, that's crazy. I'll have to go watch that. It's exciting. I'm not the, the world's largest family guy. Fan, but. No, I'm not either, but I think you can, like, as long as you understand yeah. characters, because it, it focuses, like, Chris plays Luke, so it's, you know, Chris isn't a major character in Family Guy regularly, so it's pretty well focused Well, I mean, those that. adult cartoon TV shows have always done pretty well with their, like, direct parodies. Yeah. Like, uh, South yeah. Park has a bunch that are that are solid like that. I think the Robot Chicken, Star Wars episodes have been have always been really good. But honestly, what I love about Blue Harvest is that it's not just funny because they're making fun of Star Wars. There are legitimately good jokes in there. Jokes in there, like, I, to me, Blue Harvest represents, like, the end of, like, Family Guy being good i think yeah. i think sometime after that they really started to go down edge hill and uh yeah that was a stretch right there <laughs> i'm a little upset <laughs> you ever looked at seth mcfarlane though because i just i looked it up and it's just a, it's a, a handsome man I, he is the world's most punchable face mm. ah, he's like on. a he's like a normal looking uh who's the dude from jackass uh johnny knoxville yeah he's like a normal looking johnny knoxville he uh i think i think seth mcfarlane he he you guys not watch his movie million uh million ways to die in the west he I also, did. No, yeah, I heard it sucked. Yeah, no. It yeah, was, it's not a good movie. He hosted the Oscars good. too. He looks like point. he looks like if Elon Musk was a character on Jersey Shore. Wow, man, that's mean. I, although I could see him play Elon Musk in like some kind of comedy parody. Right, like they they have a similar. Oh, yeah. I just think he has the world's most punchable face. He is he is talented though. He's a talented writer, and the fact that when you watch him do those videos of him just doing all the voices back and forth and like having conversations with two people, it's impressive. Uh, yeah. I, I you know I've never been the world's large family guy or or any of those things. Not super crazy, but. Simpsons or South Park. So that's my yeah, Star yeah. Wars journey. I feel like I came to Star Wars a little bit later than everybody. I'm not going to lie to Sounds you. Sounds like it. When? Like, Sounds like you knew what was happening when Star Wars. I, well, to leak, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones to me. Oh, wow. Like, I've still never seen it. Totally that. opposite of me. I, like, Indiana when, when Jones I, was middle school. Yeah, no, when I think about, I think uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark might be like the first movie I have ever Would you say, like, like for me, Star Wars was my first favorite movie? Oh, my first favorite movie was Jurassic Park. Mine was The Mask of Zorro. That's not a bad I'm, one. I'm <laughs> crazy. There was a time Not- period in my life where I did nothing but watch Jurassic Park. Like, where I came home from school and watched Jurassic Park every day. Okay, I mean, you can say that and sound like, oh, yeah, that's so... I, I was, I had such a taste for sophisticated film, but like... No, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it was my favorite movie. That's literally all I'm version- saying about it. It's like, <laughs> I, I didn't know any better. I wanted to come home and watch my favorite movie every day. Yeah, I did that too, but my version of that was like, came home and watched George Clooney's Batman and Robin. Ooh, yikes. Every day. I watched that a bunch too on VHS. I thought Poison Ivy was the prettiest woman if there's an, in history. If there's an early Batman movie that I'm an apologist of, it's Batman. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's, think uh, I was even allowed to watch the first two. I wasn't, like, I was barely born. I don't even think what? I was born. I think of the prequels. I watched Revenge of the Sith the most because we didn't even own Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. So like when I watched those movies, it would be like with friends or something like that. But I did own Revenge of the Sith and it was a DVD. Like I bought it with my own money. And it was around that time, like while we were waiting for Revenge of the Sith to come out, I actually got uh, I got the original trilogy for the first time too. I remember rewatching the original trilogy at like 15 and being just blown away. I was like, I forgot 
everything about this this series i was like who is that character and it was like mon mothma or something how did you get into film in general was it always something you were into or was it like one day you were like i'm gonna give this try as a hub how did that happen um well i my mother is very much into film um so growing up she would drag me into movie theaters to watch things like she made me watch deep blue sea in the theater um but i'll never forget like and she would take me to movies that i really wanted to see like uh she would take me she took me to fan of the opera um she took me to mask of zorro which is one of my favorite movie going experiences ever my first movie was the lion king and then toy story i mean my my mother was very much about let's go to a theater let's sit down and let's watch it. like that was part of my upbringing and then when i was growing up and like in summers and stuff i would have nothing to do like i didn't go to camp um i didn't do like any sort of like things like i guess i like i lived in a neighborhood but like there weren't a lot of kids around so i spent like most of my time at home watching movies and i would watch just everything i, I remember i watched like american history x when i was like 16 or something like that or not 16 i was like 13 but like i would just watch anything that was on so That's like i started to be to watching american history x yeah i was way too young for it but it was the tv version so I plus my mother had a lot of dvds and a lot of vhs tapes so i watched all kinds like all of her favorite stuff from like the, the 80s and 90s i remember watching the big show for the first time secretly and uh yeah I, I i very much that's how i that's how i formed my uh affinity for film the hobby started when i was in college uh we had an assignment to create a blog i was a communications major uh, advertising and public relations and one of the classes we took was like you had to start like a blogger account and i just on a whim i was like oh, I'll, I'll write like a movie blog so i started writing about movies on there for a while and like eventually i started the johnagroni.com and like I just always was still talking about movies until finally, like, pe- enough people were reading my reviews and stuff that, like, it became a thing. That's awesome. Fascinating. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And I worked in a movie theater. So, like, that, that was, like, matter. my first job yeah. when I was 17. Yeah. We, we- How does that work? When you work there, do you get to see all the pre-screenings and watch all the movies all you want? I couldn't do that until I was a manager. Um, So, when I, I was a... Uh, I started out as, like, an usher, just ripping tickets, but I could watch movies for free. And then, eventually, I worked my way up. I became a projectionist. And then, yeah, you can start to watch... Um, uh, the movies beforehand you have to like test them on thursday nights and uh yeah like we would put together like trailers and stuff and you would choose like which trailers would go with movies and then eventually i became a manager and then i became more involved in the planning and stuff Whoa, like that back the f- up you got to pick the, the trailers mm-hmm. yeah it's not really like that anymore because okay, I was now gonna say. like well because this was like right before digital equipment was becoming more common right. nowadays like it's kind of picked for you um or they'll at least recommend things now i will say that we did have we would like supersede what was advised of us like depending on like we would choose which theaters obviously the movies would go in we would project how big opening weekend was that's how i started to get into box office speculation i started getting work emails that were about like this is the movie we think that's going to be big and i actually had to research films to have a good idea of what would be big and what wouldn't be right and that's a big part of it so that's kind of what built up my like fascination with box office and speculation and then picking the trailers was big too because you had to have a good idea of what would get people to actually come back to your theater and that's why they would give us a little bit of freedom and control over it because it's our theater and we want people like you pick trailers that you think your community is going to like interesting and we worked with real film so like i would have to splice the trailers like i had a little machine and i would put the films together using special tape it was a whole process it was so as fun. long as we're talking about inappropriate edward norton movies uh did you put yeah. dicks <laughs> in between the, the movies no <laughs> we joked about it all the time fight club was one of our most like joked about uh things that were it's gotta be i mean i, I can't imagine any other like anyway uh, i can't talk yeah. I'm, I'm out of words yeah i feel like like every new employee that walks through the door has got to be like oh my gosh i'm gonna do projection have you have you guys seen fight club 
love and then they, like that happens every single time oh yeah oh yeah it's the it's it's often brought up right yeah no. right so that doesn't still happen though like now movies just come with a bunch of trailers it's basically like, all digital too but you can that's the thing they they have these hard drives that you install into the projector but like the trailers come in different hard drives so you can put in whatever you want i don't really? know if it's changed in the last six years because it's been six years since I had a job, that that job, but yeah. It seems like they're at that point with movies and movie theaters right now where we're getting that ridiculous development phase where they're just trying to do something new every six months. How do you mean? I'll, yeah, I don't know what you well, mean by that. Okay, because I, I, I have a movie theater near me. The one I go to is a is a, now a Cinemark theater, but it was a Paragon theater. And they're just constantly trying to like advertise the different technologies that the theater employs. Like I have a, I have a poster for Ready Player One that was given to me as a, as a you know, door prize, not door prize, but like a, I don't know, whatever you call it, a swag gift for seeing Ready Player player one opening day on a wednesday and it says at the bottom in like big letters it's like see it in cinemark xd yeah that's been going on since like shoot return of the jedi i remember when uh reading about how when return of the jedi came out it was advertised that it was like dolby stereo it was like the first you know i'm pretty sure it was the first movie that used thx um i think yeah theater technologies that there's a rich history of the studios no, marketing sure. that but I guess, stuff. I don't know. I feel like it's just gotten different recently because like th- this particular theater I'm talking about has like a different selling point for each theater within sure. the, the because there's, you know, 12 theaters there and it's like this one has Dolby Atmos and this one has mm-hmm. Super 3D and this one's an Extreme D and this one's XD. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the Bay Area, we have all kinds of crazy theaters like right. the 4D theaters and you have like um, theaters that are more like bars and restaurants and oh, those it's, are fantastic. it's all over the place. That's my, oh, favorite my favorite thing. My favorite theater in the Bay Area is the Alamo Draft House. Yeah. Do they do they have like waiters and stuff that come to your seats yeah. while you're watching the movie? You sit down and you have like a little tray table and uh you write on a piece of paper. There's a little light under your little uh table and you can write down whatever you want. If you want napkins, if you want water, if you want coffee, food, drinks, anything. The waiters like run under the seats and they grab the paper and they come back with your stuff and then they bring your check like 40 minutes before the movie ends. I feel, that's never distracting during a movie? No, not for me. No. I love it. Yeah, it's so cool. It's just like it it's so, it adds so much to the experience of just it's so much more relaxing like you're there in like a big leather recliner and mm-hmm. just hanging out that's, it's like you, you that's interesting I, d- I do appreciate going to those newer nice theaters with the like pick your seat and the leather recri- recliners and the tray table and the yeah. you know you bring beer in and everything I, I like that I'm a big fan of that but we also have a hundred year old theater that I go to that's my go to theater and I love that as well tickets are super cheap the popcorn's like two bucks and yeah don't get know, me wrong I love the there are two theaters like that I love in San Francisco uh, the Castro and the Victoria. Yeah, it, totally. Like the Castro is amazing. Uh, you go in and it's this big auditorium and there's a guy who plays on an organ before every movie and it's that's amazing. So cool. <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah, beautiful awesome. like 19th century style theater. And it's so, like, the experience is amazing. That's where we've been watching a lot of uh, San Francisco Film Festival movies there and the Victoria, the Roxy, and a few others. And that's, that's the thing very, is very it's cool. got to be either super, super, super retro or the newest thing possible. It's like, there's no reason sure. to be like, well, this is what movie theaters were like in the 90s. But you know what my least know, favorite theater brand is? AMC. AMC. Oh my gosh, 100%. I knew it. Yeah, because they're the worst. Like, I love Century and Cinemark. If I'm going to go, like, if I have a choice, I'll go to one of those. I'll go to a Cine Arts if I can. But AMC... Ah, I just, yeah, it's not great. 
Do they not have Regal out there? No, the closest Regal is in the East Bay, and so it's pretty far for where I'm at. Regal's a fucking shitbox, bro. We had a really I, good Regal in Lynchburg. I don't know how Regal's still in business. Well, there's a Regal. I've like been to Regal. the Regal in Roanoke. That's where I saw Watchmen. I know nice. that's where you I guys are. I saw Watchmen in the in a old church basement. The Regal in Roanoke is where I've seen most of my throughout yeah. the one at, the one at, on Valley View Boulevard. In, uh, yeah, yeah, that's where I see most of the blockbusters. They don't have a grand. It's end. the only Regal that doesn't look like a Regal. Mm. I don't know okay. if you know. Yeah, what, I don't know what you know what Regals look like off the top of your head, but they're like these super old looking marquee type thing. Big neon. Well, I'm kind of saying it for viewer listeners too, but like big neon and stuff, and it's cool. Like they look cool from the outside. And the, the Regal in Roanoke, I think, was something else previously before it was Regal, and it doesn't look like a Regal. I'm really lucky because there's a theater chain um, closer to where I live. Even though the Draft House is my favorite theater, we have something called Cinelux, which is like the best movie theater for like, it's like a neighborhood theater. Like you go in and Pepsi products, first of all, and it, it's like, it's That's like so weird. criminal. Yeah. It's like, it's never too crowded. And when you go in, like the trailers only last for eight minutes, not, not 25 like at the AMC 8. Oh, what I love about Paragon is it has, or not Paragon, about Cinemark. It's now a Cinemark. Is it just has a big screen that tells you when the trailers are going to end. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, there's a bar. Yeah, cool there's lobby. like a bar in the lobby and you can just chill out and it'll be like, movie starting how? Trailers end in this much time. Oh, and I'm guessing you have reserved seats. Yeah, you have reserved Perfect, yeah. Because otherwise I'd be like, There's only nervous. one theater where I live that's not reserved seating and it's the re- There's a few out here that still don't have reserved. Like the Cinelexes obviously don't. You don't need it. But like, yeah, we the AMCs Gosh. don't have it yet. Um, AMC, actually, one of the Cinelexes does have it. The AMC if I want reserved does. seats, I have to go a half hour away, to, which I guess in San Francisco is probably like half a block. But in Roanoke is 20 miles oh, uh, yeah. and to the Cinnable in Blacksburg. Draft House is cool and, because you don't even need, like, if you buy your ticket on your phone or through their app, you don't even, like, you reserve your seat, obviously, but, and they take Movie Pass, but you can use Movie Pass or whatever, and you just go to your seat and then they come up, like, there's no usher, there's nobody ripping your ticket. They just, the waiter comes up and is like, may I see your ticket? And that's it. And you just show them your phone. That's so cool. Oh, that's good. I like that. And there's a bar attached to the theater. Like in the room while the movie's playing? Uh, no. Yeah. Well, no. It's like par- in the same building, but it's like a legit bar. Like, a, it's yeah, that's how the, that's how Ethan's theater Oh, is. all of them are like that out here except the Regal. Yeah. I've seen a couple like that in Florida where it's like a little re- like mini restaurant or it's like yeah. a full restaurant. And the Draft House doesn't play like trailers really. Like we, for example, we saw Isle of Dogs. They played, uh, they, they just played like um special videos of like Wes Anderson's film. Oh man, I want to see Isle of Dogs so bad. It's pretty good. What's stopping you, Joe? It's only playing at the AMC. Oh man, that, that would get in my way too. Yeah. Um, AMC all the way over in Hampton by the Iceplex? Yeah, no. Uh, Regal's by the Iceplex. Hampton is in Hampton. Oh yeah. Um, but no, like the, the AMC. I'm AMC, town. by the way, when I moved out here, was the biggest movie theater I'd ever been to, seeing as the, the, the Regal in Roanoke was previously the biggest movie theater I'd ever been to, and it was 16 theaters, and the AMC out here is 24. And I was just like, what? How do you put Seems that many much. theaters in a, in, a, in a building together? And then they got IMAX, and I was like, I can just go see an IMAX movie. I have it. Plot oh, you I've, should. Since I've been living out here, I haven't just gone and seen an IMAX. It well, elevates. They're, they're like $25. Uh, Yeah. That's way too much. They should it's be AM- like seventeen. It's AMC, man. They 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 are the mm. worst. A regular movie ticket to the AMC is thirteen dollars for like a like yeah. a two D movie. I saw um Blade Runner twenty forty nine in IMAX. There's no other way to see it. I bet that was incredible. Oh my god. Oh, it was. Uh, it was one of my favorite movie experiences of twenty seventeen for sure. So I was gonna just buy that on my iPad. You're saying don't do that. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know what your TV setup is at home. I mean, I was just going to watch it, it on my It's iPad. not an IMAX. <laughs> Speaking I- of which, I did I did rewatch Return of the Jedi for the first time because I've gotten a 4K HDR TV since um, I last watched the trilogy over the holidays. And 
I have to say, like, my 4K HDR TV is great, and, like, I have a 4K HDR version of Return of the Jedi, and it just did not look very good, like, Mm-mm. compared to, especially the Old first Star Old movies do not look good. In some of them experience. do. I've watched some 4K, like, classic movies through, like, Filmstruck and Netflix that have looked amazing. Like, if you watch um, Kurosawa films, I just watched uh, Rash- R- Rashomon, uh, which has a lot of, uh, you know, fun little references in Last Jedi, but uh, that movie in 4K is a beautiful it's like oh it's gorgeous i'm not gonna lie to you it's been a long time since i've seen a curse out mm. a long time filmstruck that's the way to do it man what is filmstruck filmstruck is a uh, netflix for classic movies it has the turner classic films and it has a uh, criterion channel i did not know oh, about this cool. i'm all, all I learned, i'm obsessed i learned so much whenever you're on pod, I, I, just, I try to I make really use of my time here you taught me what retcon meant <laughs> yeah no filmstruck i saw is... seven samurai not that long okay yeah yeah i think the last I, time i saw seven samurai was two years ago. I, I had to remind myself what exactly and and this is going way over time yeah no you're on a whole another planet right yeah now. the oldest movie he's ever seen uh, Monty Python. oh man i i'm i'm in that the tank for true. older films but i i, I also well, i was raised on older films i came from a turner classic movie house oh uh, amazing like my my parents were very controlling as to what i watched when i and it's not not in like a like a good way it's like i watched way too many I, I, and that's i guess why I, I bear no particular love for like the disney movies or the or the you know the ones that came out while i was a kid because i, mm-hmm. I never really watched them my parents were busy showing me r-rated movies i shouldn't have watched yeah like my family we we watched a lot of older films but for whatever reason we did not watch a lot of 70s films 70s is my gap era same like i, think my, I didn't I think watch parents, there are a lot of francis ford convinced. coppola movies i didn't see until like the last like 10 years well i mean the thing is is you, there's so many great movies made in the in the history of america like unless you watch a couple every day you're mm-hmm. never gonna catch up no yeah we we recently in our little like bacon and eggs community kind of had to sit down and be like okay there's a bunch of people here and they all have jobs and they all do things and most of them are pretty young so we're just gonna not shame people for not having seen whatever classic movie you think everybody should have I think seen. you sh- I think people should always be like that. Don't shame people for not watching things. Encourage them and persuade them why they right, should tell spend why their time. It. Yeah. Yeah, I've adopted the phrase you're in for a treat. Yeah, the only person like, I shame yeah. is Ty. <laughs> Which is I, worth it, I bet. I do a quote unquote movie review podcast and quote unquote <laughs> You've never I'm seen Indiana Jones. Things. Yeah. Like I was waiting for this like at, at first when we started the pod I was like I should probably watch Indiana Jones, but then you were like we're going to do Indiana Jones at some point. So now I'm not gonna like spoil it. I'm just gonna wait until we do it. <laughs> I really want to do Indiana. Like, only, I really do. I Indiana Jones would be movies. amazing. Yeah. I'm confused. Are you pro Indiana Jones, Ethan, or anti? Pro. Well, then why aren't we doing it? Because we've got we're doing Star Wars. Right, but after Star this Wars, this is how the gotta... sausage is made, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is how sausage. We're like we're actively in the middle of a Star Wars review podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that what we're doing right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going over the minutia of different theaters. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, this is why we have guests on here, though. It's a little bit of movie review, and it's a little bit of we're going to learn about John Negroni for a second. <laughs> There's plenty more where that came from. I don't shame people for not watching like silent films, but I do shame people who call themselves film critics who don't have an appreciation for silent films or didn't learn about them. Like, I don't expect everybody to see every movie, and there are plenty of silent films. Like, I don't remember a lot of the silent films, but like, I do have favorites from that era. Yeah, there's and a like, lot if you don't understand, mark. yeah, like if you don't understand where movies came from. I don't think you should be somebody who like for a living spends like your time like reviewing films. Like, I don't know. That's like where I'm at. Oh, I hear that. 
I don't know that I could name a, a favorite silent film, but I've studied like the history of film and I know where it all comes from. But I think that's, that's something really that important. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's some, like an area that I think I could improve in. But well, it's like I'm uh, like I said, I grew up in a TCM household. Like I've seen a bunch like Buster Keaton. Yeah, like oh, I know the off the top of my head who Buster Keaton. I think most people He's a dude did his own stunts and shouldn't have, right? Yeah, probably. He lived a nice long life though for somebody who did that. Shit. He did some like wild. He was the one that did the thing on front of the train through yeah. the railroad tie down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Wicked. Well, and you got Chaplin. Yeah, I, I always was more of a. Uh, Marx Brothers fan myself. Oh, I yeah, absolutely. But I do love Chaplin's movies. I mean, but what do you guys think of Return of the Jedi? Oh man, that's a good question. <laughs> Let's try to get a little bit back on top. I, I feel like I haven't heard a lot of what Ethan thinks of the movie yet. Yeah, I really. Ethan. That's the thing is, I really don't know what I think of this movie. I've been back and forth the whole time we've been talking about it, and it's like you guys have made positive and negative points, and for some reason I can't land anywhere on it. It's like some, one of you guys will say like, "Oh, well, it was bad for this reason." I'm like, "Yeah," and then the other guy will be like, "Well, it's great for this reason." I'm like, "Yeah." Here's, here's what I think. Go ahead. Uh, you, you finish if you have another point. No, it's just, it's, it's, there are issues with it. Like, there are issues that the people have told me about more than ones I view for myself. It's like, I find it hard to find a flaw. It's like, I didn't really dislike it any more than, than either of the other ones in this trilogy. Maybe you don't really like the Ewoks. I didn't think they were unforgivable. Uh, you know, it gave us a lot of Han Solo, which is really great. It gave us a lot of, I honestly think there was too much job. Job of the Hut, even, even today, freaks me out a little. I love his character. I, he just, a weird thing. he makes me so uncomfortable. I think, I think we, I'm gonna, like, address the elephant in the room here i feel like like earlier this week i was in a facebook thread where somebody was like i don't know how to feel about this new solo trailer and i commented it and i was like oh you feel betrayed and you're unhappy about it but you don't want to say it because it's star Wars. and i think the opposite is happening right now in this conversation with return of the jedi we all came into it and we were kind of like supposed to say it's not good we're like we need to defend but i think we're both like we're all kind of on the same page that it is good but we need to convince the others that it's good but i think we all like have an unspoken well, we don't agreement we don't need this. to defend it like it is a star wars movie it's never going like yeah, Star and I don't Wars. think people hate it. I think yeah. people just don't like it as much as the first two, which I get. Yeah, no, I totally get Star that. Wars it's is different. for sure it's not the, the juggernaut in the But room. I want to say, it, in my opinion, it has the best lightsaber fight in any of the movies. Have you seen The Force Awakens? Yeah. Okay, then I just I don't, really I, don't I just don't think the lightsaber fight in Force Awakens is anywhere near as tense and satisfying as it is Luke super satisfying Vader. i think i don't think so because i think rays are still a blank slate so i just don't see like there's no thematic arc to that fight they don't they're two characters who don't know each other very well it's i don't know it's, it to me doesn't have the same weight of luke when the moment when vader says that he's going to turn his sister to the dark side when he turns on him like that is one of the most brilliant moments in all of oh i agree the the, the ending part I, of this I where, totally agree. where you know yeah luke gets that temptation and he gets that that things stuck in his face if you can just join the dark side like you can do what i did and just join the dark side join me be my son whatever let's do it and he's just like uh no and then vader turns around and is like well i you're not gonna kill my boy it's so shakespeare right. yeah and i think I, I mean speaking of shakespeare john can you give me some poetry you know one of those john negroni slam poems you're so famous for uh mm-hmm. of like luke's obviously like i think the way they do lightsaber battles is so interesting throughout retro and that like in the prequel trilogy they're all using lightsabers all the time and therefore really good at using them and they you know and there's all this sort of show to it you know where they're like twirling them and it's really well played out and they're really skilled at it and then in this trilogy you know they don't use lightsabers as much so they're all kind of clunky and they're supposed to be like heavy and then in the new trilogy they don't know what they're doing at all with the lightsabers and Hmm. Kylo Ren was shot by a Wookiee uh so they're like just kind of swinging them all randomly the way they think that a sword would be swung but one of like the most obvious things about this battle that strikes that like raises a, a question mark in my mind and I think there is a good reason behind it but i don't have the vocabulary for it is when luke is just thrashing vader's lightsaber instead of hitting 
Vader. Mm-hmm. What What is the reason? It was never about the lightsaber. It was always about the person. But in that moment where Luke is funneling, channeling his rage, he's not jumping and twirling. He's not going from rock to rock. He doesn't have the high ground. He is taking everything that is in himself, his new lightsaber, and he is focusing it all on destroying the symbol that is Darth Vader's hate, his hand. He doesn't just attack the lightsaber. He does what his father did to him. There is a reason he tosses the lightsaber a moment later. It was never about the lightsaber. The lightsaber doesn't matter. The fight and how the lightsabers move doesn't matter. The things that Yoda taught him, the jumping, doesn't matter. What matters is the battle within. What does the battle mean? And what does it mean to overcome someone with your will? Obi-Wan could have defeated Darth Vader in A New Hope. There's a reason he didn't, because he knew it would not save the galaxy. He knew that he was not the last hope. Luke was. It comes full circle, or should I say full Death Star, and that is why it's the best lightsaber scene. It doesn't end with a revelation. It ends, period. That was beautiful improv is improv yeah that was i mean did you open mic that i mean the mic is on hopefully <laughs> i like that i like what you're saying there i also feel like while watching this movie and i'm about to just ruin everything i mean i'm super happy with everything he said but i'm about to make a comparison not nearly go for it <laughs> um he cuts the hand off he sees the hand is cut he looks at his hand you, you can hear the like little mm-hmm. noise of him being like i've got a robot hand too and it was like to me in that moment i was like you know what batman versus superman wasn't that bad <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. This is just the Martha. Thing. What do you think he realizes in that moment? They've got the same mom, you know? <laughs> mom's got the same name. Well, oh, okay. In an essence, <laughs> in essence, yes, actually. He is, he's realizing that he doesn't want to become like his dad. Yeah, that he's on that path. Exactly. And that if he strikes him down the emperor is just going to turn to him because he will have given into it yeah and then the emperor will be proven right he needs to score political points yeah right it's no different than when anakin throws mace windu at the window yeah it's like well crap now i've i done except luke doesn't do that like he doesn't join exactly that's why the emperor who after six movies we've all decided is the greatest villain of all time best no darth vader is no he's just not he's like the hand of the king man just no darth vader is he's the best villain no he does the emperor's bidding but i mean just because he's not the number one one in charge i guess i i need to hear an argument for darth vader being the best villain because to me it's just like he's menacing his powers are cool he has a very good character arc he has a tragic backstory he's great he gets redemption he's iconic his actor changed like five times not the voice though not. well the voice is two different people three different people yeah, it's just uh, well i mean when it, the mask is on it, the logic makes sense it's yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know I, I love the emperor and i think because of that like anakin or not anakin, luke not striking darth vader down in that moment in that Martha moment is why Luke is one of the best heroes. We and I'm going to say that. I'll put that out. Just as a brief aside, it. if the sequel trilogy follows the same kind of arc that the original trilogy gave us, we are in for one hell of a confrontation between uh, Ray and Kylo. In, in well, nine. what I like about that is that Kylo is basically Luke. If Luke had turned to the dark side, and there is a version of Return of the Jedi, they didn't shoot it, but they had an idea. They, they were going to make it so that Luke turns to the dark side at the end of Return of the Jedi and it would have kept going and like i think in the script it's he literally like he takes off vader's helmet and then vader dies and then he puts on vader's helmet and says now i have the power and he has the same voice but they didn't do it that would have been wild because that would have i mean that would have played up the, the layer right 
Mm-hmm. That's the point. Right, exactly. Is that like Luke was the only hope. Oh, wait, no, he's not. Because he even Leia. he even says like the things that he learned how to do, she could learn too. So like you, they might have been thinking like she could be like a Jedi herself. But no, she just becomes like a force sensitive, you know, badass. Right, floats through space. Yeah. Mary Poppins. She can float through space just like K2SO. Does he float through space? No, but he says he could survive in the vacuum of space oh. if the ship blows you up. You know who could oh. survive in the vacuum of space is that giant asteroid worm from Empire. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Also Vegeta. Vegeta can survive in the vacuum yeah, of space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm I always sure wondered, like, why, why can't Goku? Goku could definitely Goku beat Darth Vader. What? I said Goku could definitely Goku... beat Darth Vader. Yeah, he could. But wait, hold on. Let's not. Um, whoa. <laughs> That's a bold statement. <laughs> uh, Goku's tail has nothing to do with this. Vegeta is able to breathe in space even when he doesn't have a tail. I don't, listen, man. My Dragon Ball Z knowledge not going to be on your level. Okay. Well, but sure but I will say, so. after listening to Cinemaholics, I am sold on buying the new Dragon Ball. It sounds like a ton. Uh, did you watch all of it? I listened to the whole set that y'all talked about. We talked about that. Dragon Ball? Wait. The new Dragon Ball Z game? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. right. I, I, sorry, I'm mixing things up. I I meant, like, have you seen all of Dragon Ball Z, the show? Oh, no, I have not. Oh, okay. Me either. Well, oh, what? I do own season one on DVD. Man, you guys are missing. Out. I learned that if you watch Dragon Ball Z at two times speed, it is it just makes so much more sense in the anime, way smoother, and it's better, and you get through well, it so much faster. I will say I read the manga um about ten years ago, and yeah, it's so much better as like a way to catch up. Like the anime was great when it was coming out week to week, but when I read the manga, it was great because I could you know go through it and like it wasn't five minutes over the course of like. 10 episodes right but i brought that up because i've been watching dragon ball super i'm almost caught up on that and like there's this tournament and i swear it's 40 episodes long and the entire tournament is 48 minutes and like at the end of every episode they're like there are 47 minutes remaining like we just went through 24 minutes of fighting <laughs> it's insane it's kind of how i feel like watching 24 well, at least 24 is organized with us so. i mean i agree with that but it's like <laughs> jesus christ move faster yeah return of the jedi is kind of long but i honestly i've heard people say that the first act should be cut down and that i i know some people think that like parts of it are too long but i totally disagree i think it's perfect length. i don't get how it's long like all of the movies that are made in this sort of vein these days are like two and a half yeah. hours long easy yeah, this didn't feel long yeah so, like, i think 132 minutes yeah that's with credit but like i guess I'm thinking of like people who say that like the job of the hut thing especially takes way too long to happen but I love that entire sequence I know you guys don't like job of the character I think he's a great villain I think he's menacing and gross and uh, I think it's a great payoff to like oh, no, him just being mentioned villain. don't get me wrong I'm not he just makes you uncomfortable he just makes me like physically uncomfortable it's like I don't enjoy watching job right, I get that I, I don't really have thoughts on Jabba. I could take it at least but if I had stupid character. if there was any part of the movie that I do think isn't as strong I hate to say it but the only thing about Lando's like fleet taking on the Death Star that's at all interesting to me is the, the spectacle of it. The fact that they had so many effects and so many things happening on screen. But other than that, it's kind of like they keep cutting to it back to back and you don't know most of the characters. You just know Lando. And every time they pop over back to the fleet, I'm just like, can we stick to the main characters over here? Because like Lando's not necessarily doing anything that's like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys agree at all. As much as I, I love do, Lando, actually, I just don't I, think I do. he gets a lot to do in that stuff. Yeah, I think we definitely get like sort of rose-colored glasses about it where we were all like huge star wars fans and so like you know you've seen it so many times and you've got all the toys and you're so familiar with all the characters that like you forget that if you were watching this for the first time you'd be like who the crap is admiral akbar why on earth is he on screen so much here at the end i don't even what remember even the name doing? of lando's co-pilot no me neither it's like it starts with an n or something i don't know i know that there's an a-wing flies through a star destroyer and blows it up and i thought that was pretty nice little nod to last jedi but, mm, the holdo maneuver mm. the the hotly contested 
wasted. I don't want to talk about that. I don't. <laughs> oh no, are you are you one of the uh anti Holdos? No, I have no problem with Holdo. I liked her. I love Laura Dern. I think she could have easily stuck around for the next movie and they could have just killed Leia. Yeah, but I think they had well, already I mean, filmed all that stuff by the time Carrie Fisher passed away. Just refilm oh, yeah, it. They, did. they can't refilm it with Carrie Fisher. No. Yeah, and also but, I don't think they were willing to kill off Mark Hamill and and Carrie Fisher's characters in the same movie. That would have been really dramatic. Uh, Luke didn't have to die. Luke also can come back as a force and totally would. Mm. Well, that'd be cool if he did. Sure. I haven't really considered so that, So is this I guess. your favorite Star Wars movie, John? Return of the Jedi? Yeah. For a while, it actually was. I'll admit it. Um, when I revisited- this is a safe place. You can say that. Yeah. When I revisited yeah, we... the trilogy in high school, I do remember, I rewatched all three for a couple times, and I always considered Return my fave because, like we said before, it just combines everything that I like. It has some of my favorite lines of dialogue. It has some of my favorite jokes. It has my favorite lightsaber scene. The only thing is it doesn't have my favorite scene set pieces necessarily like i don't think the battle of endor or the tatooine rescue are as good as the hoth battle scene or um i would say the trench run so it's, it's hard for me because it, how do you judge you I, know? I i actually agree with that as well i think i think endor was a little weak because and maybe it's just because it was like literally shot it, in the yeah. redwood forest in california and i am like an american and i know what that looks like but it just looks like the redwood forest in california sure like hoth looked i don't know i feel like hoth looked like a different plant i do love that they stuck the land i think i think return of the jedi ends perfectly with the darth vader you know you know funeral but then also the celebration we'd cut to all these planets and it's this big party but when we go to the small intimate rebel gathering on endor that felt so right like there was just no other way to do it i think i would agree with that i would but if i could make a change what do you guys think of this i wish that it had been i wish that the second death star had itself been a surprise like i wish that they, they didn't know that there was another death star that i wish that they had been planning to just assassinate the emperor and they were going to go to his ship but then they find out his ship is another death star and here's the problem though is like rogue one is about getting the plans for death star one and death star two has a difference like many bothans died bringing bringing us this information yeah that stuff it, it felt too much like the first one exactly i mean yeah i'll give you that but i agree it was kind of like a cheap like redo hey we got death star 2 it's bigger shares the same problems but it's bigger uh, john i got a quick question yeah. this might be a difficult it's gonna be a difficult question for you to ask or to answer but i'm just curious what would you say your all-time favorite movie is uh the mask of zero okay yeah fair enough and then I, yeah I, yeah it's my favorite movie ever uh, the apartment is number two interesting yeah I love that movie. That, that, that's a that's an eclectic chase there. I try it. I know it, it is a bit of a jump. Um, after that is Goodfellas, and after that is uh, I think I would say Breakfast at Tiffany's. But sometimes it ranges between that and Jurassic Park and Passion of Joan of Arc and just a couple other things. Man, I tried so it's... hard to get my girlfriend to watch Goodfellas this weekend. She just wouldn't bite. Oh, keep trying. That's yeah. a great one. It's tough. You could introduce her to Mean Streets, get her, you know, get her started. Yeah, I could try that. That's a good call. I do love good films. Honestly, it's tough to pick a top five because yeah. it's like, I love all these movies so much. Why do I have to, why do I have to do this? It's fun. And it tells yeah, people more about Is you. that what you're saying? Oh. Do you think you like identify with Mask of Zorro? Um, yeah, for sure. But part of the reason it's my favorite movie is because I identify so much as a Hispanic American with the Zorro story. I love how archetypal it is. I love how it is a combination of old school Hollywood and new Hollywood. It's one of the last great movies that has really good practical effects and a romantic hero story. Uh, it's really technically a folklore. Um, he's a folk hero more so, but that to me is how rich the Zorro character is and the fact that, that it's is rooted a lost in Hispanic culture. 
culture these days. is what the, the folk hero mm-hmm. it's hard to find but the way that they handle that story is such a perfect it's such a perfect continuation of one of the best film characters which is zora in my opinion so yeah have you gone and watched Anthony all Hopkins. of the zora movies yeah basically i mean i'm sure there are a few i haven't seen from like the first eras you know and it's been a while since I've seen a lot. I've been really hoping. I, they always talk about doing like a gritty Dark Knight esque Zora movie. I, you have no idea how just I want that so bad. Like I just think if Hollywood, like a Coen Brothers Zora movie, is probably kind of weird. But maybe like Gore Verbinski doing a Zora film, I think would just be amazing. Oh, that would be awesome. I, w- I mean, I would get down with the Coen Brothers. Too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it would have to. It would be really serious. But that's why I think it would be cool. I'm under the impression that the Coen brothers can do no wrong. I, yeah, me. I like Hail Caesar a lot. I know people dislike that one. Yo, I love Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar was an experience, and I love I, I have a friend. She she vehemently hates that movie, and like we argue about it all the time. Well, yeah, because like I can see why someone would hate it. It's like obvious why. Someone Actually, would. I want to have you back on the podcast in the future to talk about Hail. I've decided that now. Oh, thank goodness! Finally, I've been waiting. I just like I feel like that would be such a useful conversation for my life. There are so many things about that movie. I'd love to revisit it, and there's so many things about it that like strike me as so deeply smart that what that'll that easily go over your head but yeah I, it's well, such a great film to analyze. Definitely a movie I watch and I'm like, I don't get it as much as I'm supposed to. But that's cool. I think there's part of it. Sure. Okay. Well, let's let's do a little wrap up here. Yeah. Uh, let's do that. Did, did we miss anything? Any final thoughts in the movie? Anybody got any burning desires they need to talk about? The last, not the last Jedi, uh, Return of the Jedi. I think here's the problem with the last thoughts is we spent about an hour of our two hour time block talking about Return of the Jedi, and I think I could talk about Return of the Jedi for about ten hours before <laughs> I got really tired. Of it. Right. And then, but I don't think I have anything else to add that. That I don't want to like discuss with somebody who has a question with my thoughts. Does that make sense? Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, I think I've put enough out there that the remainder of the discussion I will have with people will be follow up on this as well. I imagine. Fair enough. Uh, so let's let's talk villains. I think Vader is our clear. Vi- well, I guess we can come back to the Emperor. Who's the big bad in this? The world? antagonist Vader? is the Emperor and yeah, Vader. The Emperor. But you could make an argument that the main character is Luke and the protagonist is Vader and the antagonist is the Emperor. There are a lot of ways you can interpret. Okay, so we'll just say Palpatine and. And Vader as a team, I think they rank pretty high. I'll give them an eight out of ten on the villain ranking. Would it, maybe higher. I like. I'm willing to go higher. I like Vader better in Empire than I did in, in this movie, but just barely. Really, because there's Vader scenes with Darth Vader in this one that, like, he like when Luke go is taken away from him when they first meet, and like he goes over to the railing and you see the conflict, and like, and it, there's no expression on his face, but you see it at the same time. Those are some great Vader moments. He's an underrated character. What Vader? Yeah. What? What? No. <laughs> People love Vader. Vader is He's at underrated. <laughs> Yeah, he's about as rated as he can get. He's yeah. yeah. People love him the right amount. A lot of people's benchmark for movie villains. <laughs> yeah. I think Tyler is so, saying uh, he's overrated. No, no, I'm I'm willing to go higher. I mean, oh, sorry then. I I don't get like to me Vader isn't scared. I don't think he's people supposed to be scared. Like, I think he's so supposed to be menacing and intimidating. I just don't get that. That costume, still, those buttons on his chest, they look like a twelve. Like a not, the kids still trick or treat at twelve. We'll go with an eight trick or treating costume. I think it sticks with you though. If you watch it as a kid, I, I guess if I watched it as an adult, I would be like, what? That's the villain. But as a kid i think he's into it works and it carries over into your adult or it should at least yeah i mean there's I'll there's few that. things that conjure up a vision of evil better than a darth vader yeah. well then we'll go with a nine five how do you put that score good pretty strong pretty strong yeah okay so where does this rank on star wars out of the ones that we've reviewed which are everything but the force awakens it's better than i don't want to be the one that has to say it <laughs> but i want somebody else to say say it. what i've already gone over this i i think it's hard because all three of the movies fit into one larger picture and i just i, I sometimes look at return of the jedi is just a stronger 
movie in a lot of ways, but a weaker movie in others. This is like, like there is a spot that it belongs, but I can't say it. I mean, somebody else I'll has say got it. to say it. I think it goes between, so we right now we've got Phantom Menace, uh, Rogue One, Attack of the Clones, uh, Revenge of the Sith, The Last Jedi, A New Hope, Empire. For me, it goes in between Revenge of the Sith and The Last Jedi. That's nonsense. That is not, I would say that, that, that it's- not what I thought you were going to say. I, I would say all three of the original trilogy are on the same level. I'm just going to be that guy. I think all three of those movies have great things about them and flaws about them. The first one, you can't say it's worse than the other two. It's so iconic and it's so effective. The second one perfected, I think, sci-fi. The third one, I think, just combines everything that's good about the first two and just does it a little bit better in some ways. I just think they're all in the same field. Like, I don't see how you can separate Return of the Jedi and put it over here with, like, Revenge. I would say I'm, Last I'm not Jedi putting it over there. I'm the saying I like The Last Jedi better than this. Yeah, I definitely am not on that train. No, I think this goes above the line. What I was thinking that I couldn't say was that it goes above it. But then John was like, no, it's so iconic, it can't. And I agree. You got to add that iconic factor. Right. And I think the second one, the second one, I don't think has all of the spectacle that the third one has. And I don't think the lightsaber battle is as great. It's good. And it's, but everything we remember about Empire, I, th- I just think there are sloppy things about it. Like the way that he escapes is really weird. And I think it's a huge, it makes no sense that his training with Yoda is like implied to be a long period of time, but like Han is still like on the Millennium Falcon and then makes it to Bespin. Like it, it just, yeah, we were talking about that last night. That That is a little bit incongruous. It happens in Last Jedi too, but at least in that one, the point is that she's not being trained. So like you get it. Well, and Last Jedi gives no particular start date for Rey being. Yeah, I guess, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure when she bridges communication with Kylo, it's implied that like he's on the ship, like he's in the middle of this other plot going on with the Resistance. I could see that. I don't know. That one's tricky. It's a little. Th- those are both a little bit in common. You'll you'll get to your last Jedi. Well, here's what I think. I think back to the rating is that Empire is the greatest movie of all time because yeah, there are some sloppy things about it, but every character has an interesting arc, including extremely like what would have been a minor character like Lando has an interesting arc and is like that's true. You know, like I think you gotta elevate Lando's point in there, and then it's like when you realize that the Empire showed up was like the next people that land here, we've got to take. And Lando was like, okay, that seems fair. Just don't take over my plan. And then the next people that landed was Han Solo and he was like you rat bastard you turn around and get out of here right now and then you know he's like well no if I do that you're gonna kill that's bad I can't do that so then he has to turn over his best friend and then he does the whole thing like to me that whole story arc in addition to the greatness that is Empire Strikes Back raises the whole thing to be clearly the number one choice that's a strong argument it's good. I just really liked then, The Last Jedi, man. I, I really enjoyed that movie, I think, more than most people. But I will... No, I loved I will I'm going to rewatch it. I will and, make your concession yeah. here. I will give you that it's better than Last Jedi. I don't know if I could put it above a new... Well, we are reviewing Last Jedi, right? Yeah, I guess. Last, I guess we don't have to. If you think you can handle it. I, I just wasn't there. I the know, but it's just like... There's so many great movies out there. This is this is the thing I've been like stuck with the whole time. I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll make some stuff. Yeah. Uh, but uh-huh. I'll give you that. We could, we could put it above Last Jedi, but I don't think I could make it better. Okay, I'm down with that. Okay. So on on our big board, uh, I think it sits right next to a new hope. Do you think it's better than you think it's better? You Tyler Carlin? No, it's not better than Back to the Future. Think it's better than Back to the Future? No, nope. I think I think like with every passing day, Back to the Future becomes more and more my favorite. Wow, movie. I think it's the opposite for me. I feel like every I don't watch that movie anymore because I get worried. It's like I don't want to hate this movie, so I probably shouldn't watch it again. <laughs> no matter how many times you watch a New Hope, you can't hate. It. Oh, absolutely. I, new Hope, the Star Wars movies, I always like them more every time I watch. Them. See, this is why I'm prequel. I've seen them. <laughs> so 
so you, for you to put it next to No Hope, you have to say it's better than Back to the Future. You have to say it's better. What than- freaking sentence! <laughs> what a challenging world we live in. This is what we do here. Do you know what's crazy? Is Star Wars is at the top and bottom of our entire. Yeah, we have Phantom Menace. Unwatched. I don't know. Where, where do you stand on that? I'm, I'm gonna defer to you because you're like, oh my god, Back to the Future is my favorite movie ever. Star. You need to make a decision here. What does your heart tell you? My heart is saying. Let it- there you go. That's okay. all you needed. There you go. Okay, then we'll put it next to a New Hope. So it'll be it'll okay. be the new number three. <laughs> so is it just Star Wars at the top? Yeah, it's Empire, New Hope, and then Jedi. Gosh. And then Monty Python, then, Back to the Future. Then the Last Jedi. Right. Then Thor. Oh, then a bunch of a bunch of Marvel movies with Back to the Future Part Two, Ready Player One, and Back to the Future Part Three. Sure. And some pre. I think our benchmark movie is Ant Man, right? It's like in order for this to be a good movie, it has to beat Ant Man. Or... Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. If you had I to can... give this movie a breakfast food, and you can't say the, the crepes you had in Toronto or whatever. <laughs> Oh, so I'm doing this. Oh, no, okay. uh, you can. We we can all decide it together. It's just you had that that answer ready to go last time. Oh yeah, I mean it was fresh on my mind. So I'm just letting uh, you know you can't have the same answer. I mean, so <laughs> just to fill you in, John. Yeah. Bacon and eggs. The actual food, bacon and eggs, was applied to Empire Strikes Back as like the holy grail of. I know we also did holy grail, but as like the holy grail of breakfast and, and movie. Right. right. And then steak and eggs went to a new hope. So is this like sausage and eggs? I was gonna, yeah, we did mention sausage earlier. I think this is sausage and an omelet. Explain the omelet. I'm curious. Well, okay. So the omelet has cheddar cheese, spinach, mushrooms, and bell peppers. That is interesting. I was not expecting. What do those uh, represent? All the new characters that you're like. Well, you know, I don't know any of them individually, but it makes for a good omelet. And at least omelet. And at least I've got my main character sausages over here. I'm sold. I like it. (laughs) Sausage and eggs. Sausage and an omelet. I'll take it. I'll I don't know if I told I'll you guys it. this last night. I, I, my breakfast every single day is bacon and eggs. So, but it is an omelet. We tweeted about that recently. Dude. <laughs> I don't remember. Possibly. I don't know. I I know I've said this many times, and I've come to be known in some forums as eggs. But I don't really like eggs that much. Put a little salt what a on. Crisis. I could eat anything. Imagine your last name is Negroni, which is like a cocktail that nobody likes. Wait, what's a Negroni? A Negroni is a cocktail that nobody likes. Right, but what's in it? Like, uh, uh, it's one part sweet vermouth, bitters, and gin and compound. Oh God! It's my legacy, man. That sounds awful. Do you like well, it? Do you I've, think it's good? Do you kind of like it because you feel like, like you have to? No, it's an it's like an Italian thing because before Puerto Rico, eventually my family goes back to Italy or Corsica to be exact. And yeah, the Negroni is like our thing. I don't know why. I don't think it's very good, but you know, Campari is a weird thing. Yeah, the bitters definitely doesn't help. No, if you don't do it with bitters, it's not bad. But yeah, I, if you don't, I, do I, it with I bitters, like bitters in a lot of things, but I can't imagine bitters and Campari going. You you gotta yeah exactly like you have to counter it with something like the sweet vermouth isn't enough yeah oh man that's that's a tough i might have to have one of these just to i'll I'll give you my review whether you want it or not (laughs) yeah Yeah, guest post on (laughs) johnnegroni.com we'll assign a breakfast food to the negroni cocktail (laughs) why it's not good (laughs) i could just see the (laughs) t-shirt like a negroni in the background frowning (laughs) holding a poet mic It's like a faded orange God, t-shirt. That's how I'm I love doing these podcasts. John, it has once Me again too. been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you for coming back and discussing Star Wars and the various, you know, inner workings of movie theaters with us. Yeah, thanks for allowing me to be in your presence over Skype. And I will say, I, it makes total sense to me that we spend an hour talking about Return and an hour not. Because Return of the <laughs> Jedi is a movie about how much we love movies. So, of course, it put me in the mood rewatching this to talk about theaters and all kinds of 
a tangent. Fair enough. I agree. John, how do we get in touch if, if well, we are not already talking to you on Skype? I've already blocked you yeah. guys on every other social media that there is. Um, <laughs> but for other people <laughs> that I have not blocked, uh, I'm most active on twitter.com slash John Negroni. Uh, pretty easy to find, especially <laughs> I especially like because I interact with you guys uh, a healthy amount. Uh, John Negroni.com. He's, he's the one with the blue um, check. Yeah, blue check. It's not like blue milk, but it's close. And uh, yeah, johnnegroni.com, uh, that's where you can find everything that I do. Every, not everything I write, but uh, I write stuff on there, obviously. But that's where you can find my podcast that I do every week. Uh, we review the latest movies, and uh, you'll also find my books. And uh, it's, you know, I do, I also put my videos on there too. So you'll find my face. That's exciting. That's I've been excellent. to com a few times. You've what? I've been to johnnegroni.com a few times. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've mentioned the Carlin Brothers a healthy amount on there. So I'm actually still upset with myself that I haven't read Killer Joy yet. I meant to do that between the last time we spoke and this time, but then I had to watch like 26 movies. In- I feel bad because I feel like you guys would love the Audible, and that is just such a process. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I, I, if and when you put it out on audiobook, I will have almost certainly listened to it within a week. Oh, yeah, totally. But- I'll even pay for three extra credits <laughs> so that I can get it. But no, I do really want to read it, and I'm excited that you're going to have a second book coming out in September, and I'm 100% going to read it before then because I would love it. Awesome. I hope you like it. I, I think I'm Based on the description you gave me, I don't think it'll be an issue. <laughs> There's also a wiki now. Is there so, really? You have your own? Yeah, so if you get confused while reading it, killerjoy.wikia.com. There's a whole fandom. Yeah, a couple of people, a couple of fans of the book made it. Um, I've edited a few of the articles for accuracy, but yeah, it's it's expansive. That's awesome yeah. that's so cool that is super we're talking to a blue check i know celebrity. right well i think you're our only blue check person on the podcast besides wait does jonathan not have a check neither it? of them do no. why not i don't I, they, they don't haven't tried it. yet oh they could yeah. easily well nobody can right now why it's closed like they, they're redoing the whole process of getting verified no. uh, and so you can't get verified anymore right now that's weird well it was after they uh like verified the, the automatic algorithm verified a bunch of like kkk leaders oh uh, and people I got super about upset that. about that and they were in twitter was like oh my god we're sorry sorry Let's shut everything down. Throw the whole thing away. Yeah. And so now they don't. But anyway, uh, let's yeah, let's go ahead and sign off here real quick. Uh, he's been Tyler Carlin. He's been John Negroni, and I've been Ethan Edgehill. You can reach me at twitter.com slash wow now. That's W-0-W-N-0-W, and Tyler is at twitter.com slash America Carlin. That's America R-L-I-N. Same handles for Instagram, and you can reach the podcast at Bacon and Eggs 23. You can also get us at Bacon and Eggs Media at gmail.com, or go to our website, baconandeggs.media, where you can find our blog. Yeah. Do right there on there occasionally <laughs> i i write things i've never read this blog wait we have one post oh. i reviewed love sign oh did you like it i did it was oh, it was cute it's good yeah 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 and you can also find us at patreon.com check out our sweet reward tier you guys are so tired <laughs> i did not <laughs> you guys are exhausted okay. uh what time is it in california 8 17 wow must be nice that's about the time i got home from work eastern standard <laughs> mm-hmm. time uh, but yeah this has been super duper john you're always welcome back on the show unless we have another guest <laughs> Um, in which case, I mean, I guess we can make that work, but they might feel slighted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just talk over them the entire time. But thank you. Right. Yes, we're just gonna, we're just gonna start only getting Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna tell him you said that. Uh, you guys are always welcome to on Cinemaholics. Um, if you ever want to do a bonus episode or if you watch something new, I bet that would be interesting. We would love to be on Cinemaholics. We do watch. Uh, yeah, we would totally. Do I wonder what you guys would like to talk about. Anything. Yeah.
Did you see Thoroughbreds? Did you do an episode on Thoroughbreds? We met, we've talked about it a couple times. Yeah, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites of the year so far. I don't know if it's one of my favorites, but I did really like it. It stuck with me oh, really well. That movie. I have a thing for Olivia Cook. It's not obvious enough already. That's a pretty She's acceptable thing. Most people do at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Between that mm-hmm. and Ready Player. Yeah. I'm dying for that girl. Dying. You should tell yeah. her. You me should and I'm her. dying girl. Well, oh, okay. I don't know what you're talking about. What? What did you say? It's so okay. The joke was there's a movie called Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. The Dying Girl is Olivia Cook. Gotcha. I never actually uh, watched that. Great movie. 2015. So worth your time. Good. Okay. Well, I'll check it out. Anytime I feel like I'm really advancing in my ability to just name drop films and years, I have a conversation with you. And Try having conversations like with idiot. Will. <laughs> Will's an encyclopedia. Is oh, he? yeah. He's seen so many movies. It's it's nonsense. But it's great because like, he'll tell you things about a film and like, oh, yeah, he's a great resource. Well, I mean, most of the movies I've seen were made before 1970. So I like it's not super useful in these particular conversations generally. That's cool. Anyway, yeah, the 60s are probably my favorite era. It's up. anything post-war really for me. Hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think we're about done here. Uh, our Oh, our artwork is by Vaishan Brandon. I forgot to say that earlier. And thank you again to John Negroni for coming and visiting us to talk about Star Wars Return of the Jedi. We really appreciate having you on there. And until next week, Arrivederci. Admiral Akbar. Obviously.